This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 128. Missing the Florida State game against Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 because I'm recording a podcast for you guys. I am Nick Howell. And in the time-honored tradition that Vince McMahon has of shortening names to their worst possible abbreviation, I am Sir. No, damn it, no, Vince. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. Uh, Sorry you're missing your your sports ball game there, Nick, but welcome to the show. Uh, Yeah, if y'all hadn't heard, I was referencing the fact that we just found out that Mustafa Ali's name has now been shortened to just Ali... Okay. Um, great. <laughs> joining joining the long list of people whose names have been shortened, like Neville, Big E, Cesaro, uh, Otis, Rowan, Harper, of course. Uh, Rusev used to be Alexander Rusev. Elias dropped the Samson. Andrade, Cien Alamos, Apollo Cruz, TJP, Sheamus. I mean, the way this is going, Nick. Like, what are we? What do we expect in the future? Actually, you know what? I have breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news right here on BWO. You heard it first. Uh, Coming up soon, we will have uh, the abbreviated names. Seth Rollins will no longer be Seth Rollins. He'll be just Seth. Uh, Ricochet. (laughs) Ricochet will be Rick. Alexa Bliss will be Al. And uh, Samoa Joe. Actually, I just found this out. This is official. Samoa Joe is changing his name to Sam. Uh, Drew Gulak will just be Goo. Uh, We'll be referring to him as Goo every time he comes out. Randy Orton will just be Dior. It'd be great. He'll have a whole like clothing line and everything. Alistair Black will just be blah. And uh, Braun, I found out about Braun Strowman. He's just bra. He's bra. just bra. What's as up? As opposed to bra. bro. Bra. He's already doing it. Anyway, he's already calling himself by his new shortened name. Bra. Asuka will just be suck because it's apparently what they think of her after watching this week's WWE programming. Bray Wyatt will just be why? Yeah. Which is very appropriate. <laughs> And John Cena, finally, I did hear about this. John Cena will, will soon, he's just going to be C. Only you can't see him, so he's just going to be a breathy pause. Ladies and gentlemen, it's... Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Busted Wide Open. Hi, and guys. As you can tell, uh, we're feisty today. 
Thank you for joining us. This week, we are two weeks out from WrestleMania. Two weeks out from WrestleMania, and uh, apparently Surrey and Dangerous is feeling his oats today. Uh, WWE is not done making changes and swerves and piling on to their WrestleMania card. No uh, kidding. Wow. Wow. <laughs> lots to discuss this week. Raw was lots of talking and not a whole lot of action. Uh, SmackDown gave us some, some actually some really, really incredible moments and then some absolutely mind-bogglingly stupid booking decisions, and we will discuss all of that. Plus, the New Japan Cup tournament came to a conclusion, and there's a ton of wrestling that's going to be happening in New York on that weekend. we got listener questions. we got all kinds of stuff, Nick. Strap in, folks. All kinds of stuff. It's oh, going to be a big ride today. Oh, boy. It's going to be a rig ride for the next few weeks because yeah. it's WrestleMania season. Strap in, kids. We're just we're just getting going this week. Uh, Nick, before we we dive in all the way on this, Nick, would you like to please do some housekeeping? Let everyone know how they can get really involved with our show here. Yes, uh, the hub of our operation is our Facebook discussion group. Just head over to Facebook.com, put in Busted Wide Open in that search bar. Send us a join request and we will get you in for some weekly threads on all of the WWE shows. And I don't know how much content is actually going to hit this group over the course of the next month. It's WrestleMania season. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're going to be doing some live tweeting during the events next weekend at BWO Podcast. That's at BWO Podcast. Definitely follow us over there. Follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And of course, we have to send big, big thanks out to all of our new patrons who are imminently going to get to witness me put up the Naya Shrine. <laughs> it's coming very, very soon. And if I'm not mistaken, Ian, your centerpiece is on the way, and we yes. will have that over the course of the next two weeks before we get to WrestleMania. So, so the, get ready, I, folks. It's good ready to get done. I dropped some coin. I dropped <laughs> some some rather serious coin uh, on this. It is it is shipping its way from the UK. It should be there a little bit after WrestleMania is, is what uh, the shipping information is telling me right now. So, yes, on gotcha. the way to you, Naya Shrine, it's going it's to happen. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got some other uh, accoutrements that's, that's going to be going on to the Shrine. Uh, we have a ton of bonus episodes that we're catching up for you guys. I hope all of you $10 patrons are enjoying that. Thank you to all of you $5 guys that upgraded to the $10 tier just to check out that bonus content. Really appreciate that. And hey, if you're not a patron and not at that $10 tier, patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up, get in, ask listener questions, get access to bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Ian, if you can't tell, I am wound the hell up because <laughs> it's that time of year where I win. Yeah. It's the one time of year that I get a chance. You might to actually win this year. Yes, we are we are putting together because the WrestleMania card is actually kind of coalescing a little bit late. I'm I'm kind of gonna be scrambling on this. But if you are a patron of the show, you will get a chance to compete in the BWO patron pick'ems. That's coming up. I'm making a, a nice little sheet. You'll be able to download them, make your pick them, send them in. And people who win will get prizes. And especially if you beat one of the hosts of the show, uh, reigning, defending champion of WrestleMania, undisputed. Nick Howell, Please. undisputed, uh, and Ian, who is the champion of every, the, every other thing of the year, uh, you will Doesn't face matter. us. 
and you beat us, and you will get uh, prize. You will get prizes specific to beating whichever host you beat. Yep. Or if you beat both of us, great, you get both, all the prizes. So good stuff coming up. We'll be, we'll, we'll be announcing all of that on next week's show. Uh, because we have to get, we need, we still need to find out some of the WrestleMania matches. All right, there's still so going to be booking shit next week on the Go Home Show at this oh, point. Oh yes, oh yes. Way to, you know, way to build up some of these matches. Uh, but you know, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about how they're building some of these matches. Some of the ways that they're doing a fantastic job with some of these builds. Some of the ways they're absolutely bungling some of their biggest angles and feuds. But before we get to all of that, Nick, we need to discuss the big news. Well, last week we had a very poignant listener question that, um, full disclosure, he sent an apology about, which, Eric, I want to be completely clear, this is not, we didn't need an apology, we love questions like that, that because they're society dynamic type of questions. Uh, mm. Eric asked a question around the New Day and how they were making this a racial sort of you know, whether it's in kayfabe or not, very fourth wall racial type of angle around this whole, the negging of Kofi to get into uh, being able well, to make it all the way. To be clear, we made it racial, Nick. Uh, well, uh, they made sure. it. The, the Kofi angle became racial. And uh, Eric's question was, uh, do you think that new, essentially, do you think New Day will become like a new nation, a modern day nation of domination? Uh, and drop the unicorns and rainbows, and would that kind of faction work? And the, we responded to that question. I I laughed my head off, largely actually, and and I laughed my head off because I immediately got a mental image of the New Day dressed up like Louis Farrakhan and yeah. coming out and raising the fists and everything, and that mental image just hit me funny. Um, Largely because I didn't think it would ever happen. As, as a straight up answer to Eric's question, no, it could never happen because of the racial overtones that would not, absolutely not fly in today's society. And I, what basically what we wanted to do was say to Eric that essentially we're sorry for perhaps misstating our answers uh, and not making it clear that we didn't think that Eric was becoming racial with his question. Um, in fact, the angle that w that was happening with New Day had become racial when online Big E and Xavier both uh, posted some promos that made it a, a, a racially charged angle, right. made it seem racially charged. So it what it basically was a it was all compounded into something where it sounds like there was a miscommunication. Um, but we wanted to throw this out there to Eric, dude. No worries. We did not think that it was an inappropriate question. It was actually a very good question. Um, but we also wanted to, to, to basically restate where we were say, saying that we didn't like the fact that the Kofi angle had become racial. Not at all. And not at all. And, and, and I don't think it was appropriate. I'm actually, we're, we're both echoing Jim Ross's uh, feelings on this as well. He's going to come out and said that he doesn't think that race, politics, or religion should be involved in major pro wrestling angles and i frankly tend to agree with him 95 percent of the time very rarely do i find that it's something that that you know it's a bad way to get heat and i think that that's the case with this with the kofi storyline here um and so the idea of them going all the way to becoming a nation of domination in that context i felt was was so, so wildly impossible that uh that i laughed my head off over it so no, good point. No, no offense uh, meant Eric and uh, you, no, no apology necessary. 
That's just that's one of the reasons why I, I don't know about you, Nick, but I love our listener questions because we get to deal with some topics and deal with some uh, issues that we don't get to on the rest of the show where we kind of function. I mean, not to I don't know what to, I don't want to codify. It's kind of like a sports center yeah. for for wrestling. Exactly. Um, so we no. try to stay even, even keel. <laughs> No favoritism ever on this show. No, no Stephen A. Smiths. Right. No Stephen A. Smiths on this show. We're just calling it down the middle. Uh, so moving on to the I'm other big I'm more of a Shannon news. Sharp kind of kind of character. Man, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Shannon Sharp myself. I'm not, I'm never a fan of him. Largely because I'm a freaking Oakland Raiders fan and screw the Denver Broncos. Sorry, guys, if you're from Colorado. It's just sports. Hope you understand. So the other big news. Uh, it is official. Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, all of whom who have not had their names shortened yet by the WWE, their triple threat match at WrestleMania will be the main event. The main event. And initially, everyone was saying, okay, well, they, you, in the past, you've said these things are main events, and they're not. Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble, and he got the main event against Bray Wyatt, but it was like the fourth match before the end, and it was a terrible match. Um and it was, it was later clarified, they mean the main event closing the show for the first time ever will be a woman's match at WrestleMania. Better be good. Uh, uh, Nick, what are your initial thoughts on, on that? Do you, think that it's, do you think that that's why they made some of the booking decisions this week to make that match a bigger deal? And that's why they made some of these booking decisions this week was to make that match a, quote, bigger deal? Do you feel like it was big enough? Do you feel like they're... they're oh, it they're, was everywhere. Do you feel like it's 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 worthy of being in that slot? I think it's I think it's dangerous. If I'm being completely honest, if Becky Lynch doesn't walk out with that title, that 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 place is going to lose their minds. And there's a few things we'll talk about this when we get into the shows. But the reason I'm saying what I'm saying is there's a lot of reasons that they haven't had uh, they've had Roman Reigns on last, and they learned a hard lesson. I don't remember exact which pay per view it was exactly, but Roman Reigns. They, they've had Brock Lesnar win because they were scared to have Roman Reigns win and get booed out of the building to close out a pay-per-view. And, and they still I, got booed out of the building. And they still got booed out of the building. <laughs> so was- my point here is, is that the WWE Universe is very much Team Becky right now. And you've got mm. two people that essentially get nothing but boos in Ronda and Charlotte coming into this as champions. And there's the potential... That Becky doesn't win? Yeah, and you you touched this on something. Dangerous. We're gonna do a we'll do a little spoiler right now, and that is that Charlotte Flair is the new SmackDown Live Women's Champion. And we'll we'll have a whole segment on that because your boy, Mr. Dangerous, is very hot about yep. this. Um and I got a lot to say about that. But um, you know, they they did want to make this a bigger deal, so they made Charlotte the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, but they still haven't defined the initial thing that they said was that it was not a unification, it was not for both belts. But yet Charlotte has the belt. So we don't and, and they've gone back and forth on that since then. WWE made an official statement saying it was just for the Raw title, not the SmackDown title. But then they said then they've had other press conference releases that said other things. They've said multiple different things. And there have even been some, you know, journalists that have been reporting backstage that they're going back and forth trying to figure out how exactly they're gonna do it. Right now, one of the taglines is um, essentially saying it's for it all. You know, winner take all, which sounds like you'll be you'll be a combined champions. Uh, there's the idea being floated that's going to be like Kurt Angle back in 2000, where it's a double pinfall match, one for one title, one for the other title, which 
is convoluted, but given the stuff that they've already had in this freaking angle, it's no more convoluted Why than not? anything else they've had. Let's yeah, throw the kitchen sure. sink at it. <laughs> Why not? But this, here's the here's my problem is that, yeah, they've made it the main event, and it didn't really need all these bells and whistles. They kind of had it. They had it perfectly a few months ago, and they have thrown, as you say, Nick, the kitchen sink at this angle, and it's so confusticated at this point that it's they have threatened to bungle their biggest angle and their biggest match just almost because it's the first time they're like oh, they're worried it's like all oh, the ladies are closing the show we we don't know if there's there we got to throw everything at this we get get everyone invested and involved and just by tampering with, with it too much you know what i mean they've got too many fingers in this cake and the cake's gonna fall because they just messing with it too much coming out of the rumble you had me yeah. You had me. Becky Ronda, main event, WrestleMania, badass. Since the end of January, it has been a shit show. And yeah. I, I believe me, I've got some hot takes as well on once we get to SmackDown, but holy smokes, I, I am I am actually terrified of this being the main event. If I'm I love the fact that women are main eventing WrestleMania. Finally. Yeah, let's be clear. That aspect, great. And and I, the only thing I don't like about it is already we're getting the self-congratulatory promotional tour from WWE. Aren't we great? We're letting the ladies have the main event. Yes, you're so forward-thinking. Good good job, boys. You finally did it. Okay. I think I've said it before here on the show many times over the course of the last year. I can't wait till we get past the point of it being first ever women's yeah. X, right? I want it to just be superstars. Yeah, and you don't need to WWE superstars on the screen. Like everyone who's so happy about this, we get it, you know. And it, it, it's again, you get used to it after a while with WWE, but it still sneaks up on you every once in a while, and you just kind of go, "Guys, shut, shut up!" Just we let know, it we understand just... the gravity of what you're delivering. Yeah. Exactly. So at, at any rate, that's my one. The one thing I don't like about it is having how important it is shoved down my throat. It's the reason we were invested in it most of the year was because it would be important. But now that it's actually officially happening, I don't need WWE to tell me how important it is. I know it's one of the reasons we've been talking about it all or year. ESPN or CBS Sports or any other 27,000 different news outlets that ran the headline this week. Here's the thing. I'm not mad at them running it because they're the ones that should be reporting on it. It's WWE reporting on it and reporting on all the people reporting on it that's starting to get under my skin. <laughs> Fair enough. But any, anyway, so the bottom line is it's happening. Uh, and we thought last week that they were done poking and prodding at this angle and they were just they were ready. They were just letting it slide. Let this ship go into port. Let the plane land on the runway. Nope. But we were wrong, Nick. They were not done. They were not done tampering with their big angle for WrestleMania. But to discuss that, we got to go start talking about Monday Night Raw. Well, this week on Monday Night Raw, Ronda Rousey became Forrest Gump. <laughs> what? That's what? all I got to say about I... that. Oh, that, no, yes. Wait, I see. That's saying. all I got to say. By the way, side note. I would love to understand WWE's budget for microphones. How, how, how do they have so many damn microphones get slammed, thrown, trashed, 
Those have to be some of the most. I want to know what mics they use because that those have got to be the most durable microphones in the world. Those are they definitely look like durable mics, and I would imagine their mic budget is fairly high, seeing as they're a multi-billion-dollar corporation that pretty much lives and dies on its microphones. Yeah, Nick. they probably have a truck just for microphones. But what Nick is referring to is the fact that Ronda Rousey came out to cut a promo and uh, cut her promo. Uh, honestly, a very fun promo, very quick, very brutal. And then threw down the microphone and stalked off, but stopped in the corner, came back, picked up the mic she had just dropped, and then continued. And then did that again. Threw it down, picked it back up, and came back. Um, and, and to be clear, Nick, this, this was, on the one hand, you know, you don't pick up a mic you just dropped. You just dropped the mic. You can't pick it up again. On the other side, this entertained the crap out of me. I thought this was hilarious. By the time she picked it up, the third time was like, oh, yeah. And I don't know this beat the clock challenges thing that we're supposed to be doing tonight, but it's one of these stupid gimmicks you guys do around, gimmick matches you guys do around here. But, you know, whatever. I guess I'll do it. Drops the mic again. By the time she got to that part, I was actually cracking up. This was fun for me. Um, She, you know, during this, she said, essentially, you're welcome. I'm the reason why you're having the main event. Um, I'm going to kick Becky Lynch's ass. It's the usual stuff. But this, I thought, I thought it was fun. Okay. Yeah. I, I was entered. I was entertained, Nick. I was not. <laughs> Apparently. It, it, it felt very forced. unprofessional. It felt, uh, unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, it did. You know, She's say what heel. you got to say, drop the mic and start the clock and let's go bitches and let's fight. You, you know? didn't think that that was trolling for booze. Of course it, it was. And that's it why worked. it felt cheap. Oh, that's I thought that's why it felt fun to me because nah. she could tell you could tell like the first third time she picked it up and she got her grin back and she's like, that's right. You hate this, don't you? That was awesome. Like, yes. So the thing she was referring to the beat the clock challenge, uh, a novel idea, but perhaps a little out of nowhere because the crowd was very confused by it. Uh, the idea was that Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch and Charlotte would each have a match and whoever had the shortest match would win. Uh, so in a sense, I'm kind of on, on Ronda's side and there's a stupid gimmick match on the other side. It was an interesting bit of booking. We have not seen in a long time. Yeah. But what were the stakes? What was it? What was involved here? Momentum, Nick momentum. Who has more momentum going into WrestleMania? Like, why don't you know? Who's right? Who's responsible for this being the main event of WrestleMania? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, here but here's the thing, Nick. Had this been the only bit of business between Rhonda, Charlotte, and Becky this week, or that any of them did, and then there's a promo on SmackDown, I'd have been like, cool, this is fine. You just cruise into WrestleMania, you had them have a little bit of interaction. You know, Becky came out and cut a promo. Charlotte came out and cut a promo. They each had a very quick short match against members of the Riot Squad, which frankly I thought was overall pretty well booked. It was yeah. logically booked at least. You know, you had Rhonda uh, take out Sarah Logan in a minute 26, I think, a uh, minute 25. But that was well done because we know Ronda can kill people quickly. And the first half of that match was Logan running away and trying to extend the time. And when, when Ronda finally caught her, it was over pretty quickly. And that was, that was smart. That was smart booking. And then you had Charlotte versus Ruby. Ruby has been shown to be a legit competitor. And Charlotte was working overtime to try and catch her. And she finally got Ruby in a figure eight right at a minute 25. And Ruby held on, refused to tap 
to try and put her over time and made Charlotte not beat Ronda. That was a great bit of booking right there. It kept both Charlotte and Ruby looking strong. That was great. Yep. Charlotte, Charlotte looks like Ruby was about to tap out, but she was strong enough to hold on, and she was smart about it. And then you had Becky Lynch versus, frankly, the, the weakest booked member of, Liv, of, uh, of the Riot Squad and Liv Morgan. Becky beat her clean uh, in a minute 18 to beat Ronda's time, but it also, it's Liv Morgan. It's not Sarah Logan who was running away. So Becky looks like she actually had to do a little work. So all around, it kept everyone looking good. I thought it was well booked from top to bottom. The biggest issue was it kind of came out of nowhere and was meaningless. But I would have been happy with that coming out of this week, but like, yeah, it was cool. They had a little bit of interaction. They had a little match and everything. They're going to have a match at WrestleMania. Fine. If it had just been this, fine. Not great. Not bad. You know, and like I said, it was novel. Yeah, I enjoyed it. We don't get to see these too often. Um, the big question was, uh, I'll ask, because we know what's going on with those three, but what about the Riot Squad? Are we, are we happy to see them here, or are we not happy to see them here? I'm kind of well, torn. I, I am too, because last week we were saying it was sad that they weren't involved in WrestleMania kind of at all, and they were, in my opinion, largely responsible for picking up the other side of the rope when it comes to Bailey and Sasha, keeping them around Bailey and Sasha on TV. And most Mandy of the and year. Sonya for that matter. Uh, well, Mandy and Sonya, I don't think we're involved at all, but the, the, the riot squad, at least for Monday night raw, which is where Bailey and Sasha are. They were definitely, they were the ones that were doing a lot of the heavy lifting this year. And they, they were kind of thanklessly doing it. Uh, Ronda Ronda's throwaway match before WrestleMania was Ruby riot twice. So it was, they were the unsung heroes of this. And I think that they were the unsung heroes here. I'm glad they got the opportunity to be at this point in the show, even though, you know, you've got to have someone lose. And, you know, we can, we'll, we'll talk later about what I think about WWE's uh, inability to book people to stay looking strong. But uh, I think that here, this was an appropriate use for the Riot Squad. No one in the Riot Squad looked terrible. You have them going against the three top women in the division and all in some some way or another looking pretty good at the end of the day. Like, yes, they lost in under two minutes each, but at the same time, and that's kind of what Becky and Ron and Charlotte should be made to look like right now. Yeah. And the way that they beat them was appropriate for who it was. So yeah, not I wasn't I wasn't even mad at that. I remember getting bent out of shape a little bit when they were throwing Ruby to Ronda Rousey to be essentially thrown into an arm bar and beaten down <laughs> massacred and you know I, that's what i that's what i think back to in this and and again all three of these women short of sarah running around the ring a couple of times all three of them kind of got massacred in in 90 seconds and you know while i do like them being at the top of the card they're they're better than this you know they are but i'm here's the thing it's one thing that we always say and it's something that's kind of a, a philosophy in WWE as well is at least be happy you're on tv and that's the that's kind of the case here. You know, you think of how many people are languishing on main event or not even on the card at all. Um, so at least they're they're out here wrestling the champs. You know what I mean? They're being trusted to put on this match as well. So from that sense, I was very glad to see them. Uh, I hope they find something for them at WrestleMania because there's a lots of women who just got told they're not doing a damn thing at WrestleMania uh, over on SmackDown, and also that also means kind of on raw as well yeah. so we'll get to that because I, I would rather see the rat squad get used like this than what they did 
with uh, Mandy and Sonya and uh, and Naomi over on SmackDown and Carmella. Uh, again, we're we're <laughs> we're making people salivate for SmackDown here because there's so much to discuss over there. So let's move on uh, and talk about Finn Balor, who had a two-on-one match for a match at WrestleMania. If you wanted this this handicap match, he would get an Intercontinental Title match at WrestleMania against. The uh, uh, the Bobby Lashley, the big, sorry, Bob. We're just going to call him Bob now. <laughs> Shorting his name to Bob. Against Bob at WrestleMania. Uh, this was strange. We thought it was going to be uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, but no, at the last second, Bobby Lashley comes out and says, by the way, my new partner and the man who's really going to beat you, Jinder Mahal. Right. Um, and the Singh brothers. So Finn had to face off against Lashley, Mahal, the Singh brothers, and Leo Rush, which really, once they established that that was how it was going to be, it did, to me, make it a bit more exciting because I was like, man, that that does seem like a stacked like stacked odds. That's right a there. handicap match. It was <laughs> Finn was Finn had his head on a swivel this entire time, uh, but it ended up being a pretty fun match. And as you would predict. Jinder ate the pin and uh, immediately got speared by Bobby Lashley for for messing up. But Finn's going to WrestleMania. Finn is getting that match. It, I, I see match against Lashley at WrestleMania. Demon. So, Demon. Yeah, Demon. 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 Well, I've seen a WrestleMania promotional poster where they had a bunch of the superstars and they said, watch WrestleMania. And the Demon was on the poster. I don't know. It doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't not mean anything, right? Hmm. I don't know. So the one question I have is, um, does Finn, and we just mentioned momentum, does Finn have too much momentum for the demon to make sense? He just beat two legal guys and three illegal guys in this match. Does he look too good right now to bring out the demon? Because our whole thing, when we were fantasy booking this, and I always roll eyes at fantasy booking, but when we were fantasy booking this, Nick, we said, have Lashley annihilate Finn. For a month right have Finn at his wits end and that's what brings the demon out that's what they should have done this week have all of those guys in there absolutely beating Finn down to nothing and make him look like he he just couldn't hang and yeah. Lashley just and Leo just kind of orchestrating gender and the sings to just the the orchestrated beatdown of of Finn Balor of man Finn and I agree, that would have, a, even a go-home next week, you could have done it there. Maybe they will. But they, they need something that's going to, I'll do air quotes, bring out the demon. And they yeah, haven't well, done is, it yet. This is the thing, is that it seems like they're rushing this angle at the end because if next week they beat down Finn and he gets absolutely destroyed, it, it seems like it's just so quick of a turnaround to then have Finn... Be like, well, I'm just going to bring out the demon. Last time we saw the demon, he was getting beat down by Baron Corbin for months. And then he finally brought him out and squashed Corbin. I could see this being something where next week they have Finn just get absolutely destroyed. And then he comes out and squashes Lashley at WrestleMania uh, and have it be kind of like SummerSlam where he squashed Corbin, which would be fun, but it just wouldn't be as good of a payoff as if they had absolutely had Finn at his wits end and really, you know, Built up like like we were saying last week, the Game of Thrones thing where, where with Kofi, where you know he gets beat down and beat down and beat down, and when he finally wins, it's such a relief, it's such a cathartic relief. They could have done that here, and it would have gotten us more emotionally invested. But unfortunately, when you're when you're 
booking things on the fly, it's kind of hard to get good storylines like that. So when you get to a point where you have to bring out gender and the sings, uh, <laughs> it, it might be a lost cause at that point. Well, I don't know if it's a lost cause, but it certainly seemed to me like they could have they could have done this build a little bit better. At the end of the day, we're getting Finn Lashley at WrestleMania. We called that a while back. Yep. It does make all the sense in the world. And now it's just fingers crossed we get the demon. Because I'm telling you right now, if it's Bobby Lashley, sorry, Bob versus Manfin at WrestleMania, that is way underwhelming. That is an unexciting intercontinental championship match. Especially when we'll be getting that on TV for three months. Exactly. That's exactly why. It's yep. like that's not, there's nothing special about that. There's nothing WrestleMania about that if this is your biggest show of the year and you want to put on a spectacle and have something big and crazy in every match and they've they've jiggered some matches around to make them bigger deals and make them more impressive there you go bring out the demon but don't just do it you have to give us a reason otherwise it's just kind of like oh cool the demon all right why didn't he bring him out against brock anyway uh moving on we have drew mcintyre who called out roman reigns uh essentially saying you can beat cancer, but you can't beat me. He, he said that last week, and he reiterated it this week. Uh, but they said, Roman, don't take this match at WrestleMania because uh, I don't want to do this to your kids and wife again. They just saw you battling cancer. They don't want to see this again. Roman came out, got right up in Drew's face, and said, you can say whatever you want to Roman Reigns, but you bring up my family again, and I'll destroy you. Nice. Uh. Don't you ever run your mouth about my wife and kids again. Sorry, that's a direct quote. And, and this is not coming from Roman. This is not coming from Roman. This is coming from me. And he beat the crap out of him. Oh, hot take. By the way, they're going to change Roman Reigns to Joe. They're kind of already on the way. Yeah, they're working on it. Ro- Rojo. <laughs> oh, he God. Is, he is Rojo. Uh, but this was good stuff. This was actually, I, I, I'll say it again. Human Roman. Engaging man Roman. It, you know, as opposed to superstar, as opposed to, uh, you know, unbeatable big dog yeah. is so much more accessible and relatable. And because, I mean, and this is a horrible way to have gotten to this place, but something about what he just went through has humanized him so much. He's easier to engage with and empathize with, especially when he comes out and does what he's been very good at all along, which is look strong and look like a badass. Yeah. That's been his strength. He's just been difficult to engage with. But here he was engaging, and it made, you, it made me want to see him versus Drew because Drew was a dastardly heel, like a top-level dastardly heel here, uh, and Roman was an awesome baby face. Do you, think they're going, do you think it's tasteless that they're going for the leukemia angle on this? Uh, we were talking earlier about um, like the racial the racial angle with Kofi and how like it's tasteless. We don't like it. It doesn't need it. Did this need the leukemia angle? Like the you beat cancer, but you can't beat me, and going to that level? No, because I don't mind that approach to it. I mean, if if it was a you just you you have cancer, so you can't beat me kind of thing, that's pretty tasteless. Um, but I don't. I like the way Drew did this here because. I don't want to do this to your family because of what they just went through, and I don't want to put them through it again kind of thing. I, I, I will say, for the record, I, I hate that they did the, the Dean Ambrose heel turn way back uh, on the same night that it was announced, but I'm not mad at this. Ride the wave. He's got a big mm. wave right now of it's not about the cancer. It's about the recovery. It's about the remission. 
Yeah. And so ride that wave tastefully like I think they're doing. I, uh, oh. And don't let it get away from you. <laughs> I don't know if they're doing it tastefully, Nick, but I, but I agree that I don't think that it's as bad as some people have made it out to be. They've certainly had more tasteless things in recent memory than, than this. And, and frankly, I think that having, you know, first of all, Drew is getting a, a chance to showcase himself as a top, top tier heel here. And he's running, taking the ball and running with it. Even when they give him lines like that, that kind of make you cringe, uh, like, like saying you beat cancer, but you can't beat me. Um, it's a little eye rolling, but I'm also not, I, I don't think about it too much the way that some people are. I think Damn. that that's what, that's a line that a heel would give. He just did have cancer. Like why, why wouldn't a heel call it out? To me, it makes logical sense that someone who was like, Hey, I don't like you. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Well, yeah, that would be something that would be logically on his lips. If he was truly a bad guy. I'm going to poke so, you in the eye with a stick, basically. Yeah, exactly. So to, to do me, something. <laughs> to me, it does kind of make logical sense. And I don't think that it's not like, you know, it's not something where Roman, like they're not doing a bit where Roman's getting his treatment and Drew breaks in and starts hitting him with equipment. You know what I mean? Like, like cancer Or laid equipment. in a hospital bed and Drew starts hitting him in the head with a bedpan. Hello, throwback <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, but that was brilliant, and you that know was that. Brilliant. That yeah, was one of the greatest bits of WWE TV of all time. Yes. The, the, uh, come on. Vince McMahon recovering from breaking his leg in the hospital and getting uh, uh, Mr. Sacco and Yertle the Clown and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll take it from here, nurse. And the bedpan bonk. Come. That is all time. That is like a pinnacle. Of, of sports entertainment right there. Second only maybe to the, the street fight with Booker T in the supermarket produce section. That was great. The uh, I mean, we, we could go off down this Attitude Era, great moments a bit for a while if we wanted to, Nick, but we need to move on. Uh, you mentioned Dean Ambrose. He did get up in Drew's face again backstage after this and said, hey, you beat me last time, but I bet you can't beat me again. Let's have a last man standing match. So they had that to close out the show. And once again, Dean lost, and he could not get up from uh, being put through a table and taking a claymore. Uh, he did get taken out. So uh, Dean's booking remains bizarre. There are reports that he went off script on Raw, which to me, I, I don't know. We, we don't know where he went off script. It seemed like he was all doing pretty much normal stuff. None of that looked out of out of uh, character out of for me. Place, yeah. Um. So yeah, this whole this whole thing ended with McIntyre uh, basically taking out Roman's friend again, pointing the Roman WrestleMania sign. My problem is, is because of the heel turn with Ambrose, I don't really feel the connection between Ambrose and Reigns. I don't nope. feel like Drew's taking out his buddy. He took out Seth last week because Seth was distracted by Brock Lesnar, but even that felt it didn't feel like a definitive poke at Roman Reigns, and neither did this because Dean has has made himself feel so distanced from his Shield brothers since Roman went out. So. Yeah, I didn't feel this was effective, but that being said, both guys worked their asses off in this match, and for being a 10-minute last-man-standing match, they they fit in a lot of brutality in that time. So, yes, they did. You know, looking at the upside there. Yeah. Um, also, upsides, Kurt Angle may have a disappointing, uh, a supposedly a disappointing uh, opponent at WrestleMania, but he did not have a disappointing opponent tonight. Monday Night Raw, Kurt Angle goes back to 2005 in TNA and has a match against Samoa Joe. And I'll be damned if they didn't start this match the same way they started their first match there, with a headbutt. Brilliant. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. throwback. That, that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, people forget how good 
TNA really was or could be, uh, you know, hit and miss. But between 05 and like 08, 09, it was, yeah. they, were, they were killing it for quite a bit of that. And a large part because of these two guys. Yep. So this was Sprinkle a nice some AJ Styles in there too, I think. Uh, more than Sprinkle, dude. Yeah. A hefty dose, a uh, 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 fat chunk of AJ Styles as well. Uh, that, that being said, man, as much as I, I got the nostalgic feels with Samojo's promo and them coming out and starting it that way, it very quickly was obvious that Kurt, Kurt should be retiring. Yes. He is, he, so Joe was slowing down so much for him. Um, do you think, so here's the thing, the, the classic idea is old guys put out the new guys in their way out. Joe ain't exactly a new guy. But should Kurt have lost this match instead of sneaking a victory over Joe? Yes. You think so, too? I, I think it's a rite of passage. Uh, I think it is a... Uh, it's the way it's done, traditionally, to lose your matches and put the other guys over on your way out the door. And we've seen that from Flair. We've seen it from... Uh, well, we we kind of saw it from Taker. We, we've seen it from everybody. We've seen it from Taker a couple of times. Right. We don't know when he's going to actually so, retire. There's rumors but, now that he might be showing doing appearances for AEW. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he should have lost here. I think he should have done it for Joe. Uh, and I, I absolutely think he's going to lay down for Corbin at Mania. Uh, and, and then he'll have his moment once Corbin leaves the ring, his musical play. He'll get to do You Suck again with the WrestleMania crowd. And and that's just the way it is. We've all we've and we'll be all stand up applauding, saying you know. I I wonder. I wonder if it will even feel that good because if if they do go forward with it and they don't swerve us and it's Corbin and it's a match and Corbin beats him and then gloats off up the long 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 WrestleMania ramp and Kurt you know has that Ric Flair moment, stands up crying, waves everybody, puts his hands in the air, pointing at the ceiling, and you know you suck, you suck. Uh, I wonder if people will still feel good. So after I'll Bar- add one thing at Corbin the end winning. of that. He's doing all that. You suck, you suck. Points up at the ceiling. John Cena's music kicks. Yeah. And he comes down to the ring. You know. If Cena's there, why wouldn't they have him have the match? Is my question. If Cena's there, why would he not have this match? Interfere with Corbin, whatever. Like, Because the whole point of having Corbin have this match with Kurt is to finish up a storyline that started last year with the whole with, with Corbin kicking Kurt out of the GM role, right? That's the only reason why they're having this match, uh, theoretically, if it's if it's officially a go. So, you know, the only way that they should be having it if Cena's available, like if Cena's available, they shouldn't have this match. Just blanket statement. Period. Agreed. If Cena's at WrestleMania. He should be facing Kurt Angle. If they, if Cena is at WrestleMania and is not facing Kurt Angle, I'm going to be pissed. And I'm going to think it's a really, really, really botched move, missed spot, and it's an insult to Kurt Angle, frankly. Yeah. Um, if Cena's not available and they were just you know, scrambling around for someone to put against Kurt, then I understand why they went with Corbin because there's a story there. That makes sense, and it's not like Corbin is the worst option. I know a lot of people are down on Corbin. I'm not. You know, I'm not super high on him, but there's worse than him. I don't think uh, he should be the one retiring Kurt Angle. No, I, I agree. It's, it's not my first choice either, and I'm pretty underwhelmed by this match as well. But at the same time, I get that there's a story there. But for that story, Kurt has to win. For that story to come full circle and to give us a meaningful closure to it. 
Otherwise, the bad guys won, right? And that's the end of the story. That's the end of that story arc. The bad guys won. And that's not very, that's why did I invest so much time if that's how you're going to end the story? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So for me, if it is 100% against Corbin, Kurt has to win. So for him to go on his his farewell tour and win every match and have it be like a feel-good moment the entire time, it's it's making me nervous because it's are they going to keep the good feels going the entire way? Yeah. Well, to be determined, I guess. TBD. Also to be determined is the outcome of the Triple H Batista match at WrestleMania. And this week, uh, Triple H came out and uh, read a letter from Batista's lawyer, which uh, essentially uh, it's a long Triple H promo, as he does. We'll we'll condense it. <laughs> we'll we'll condense a half an hour promo. That's what it felt like. Down to thirty seconds. Batista said, uh, "I want one more thing." I want your career on the line. And Triple H said, you know what? If I can't beat a narcissistic piece of crap like you, I shouldn't have a career. So sure, you got it. Why not? Uh, What did you think about this segment? Uh, I liked the part that he read off the Spice Girls lyrics. I thought that was a nice touch. (laughs) So tell me what I want, what I really want. I'll I'll tell you what I want. Yeah, it was cute. That was fun. Uh, It was just a long Triple H segment that was completely unnecessary. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, you know here's the thing i thought they could have cut it down by a few minutes but you know it's trips he does what he wants um it wasn't the worst thing on this show by a long oh. shot and it was it was fun in places you know it was engaging it was not something that i've seen often done before and there's a lot of logic there's a lot of logic thrown at us here um where you know he he batista said that Triple H wanted him as muscle for evolution. And Triple H was like, yeah, you just figured that out. By the way, do you know the moon's not made of cheese? Like, you just figured this out now, Dave? Everyone knew that the entire time. That was great. Uh, Triple H saying that, you know, Batista didn't, Batista thought he didn't need him. Really, Batista, you were the deacon coming out with, with Devon Dudley before I picked you for, for evolution. Um, and after that, you're a world champ. There was a lot of kayfabe logic thrown here. I liked that. I liked Triple H's delivery. I liked the logic at the end where he didn't get mad about it. He wasn't mad that, that Batista called for his career. He just went, yeah, if I can't beat you, I don't deserve to have a career. That's good stuff. But I agree. It was long. Could have cut it down by five, about, about, about five minutes. Which but. the long promo leads me to believe that the match is also going to be long. Oh, yes. And, you know, this is going to be one of those no DQ, street fight, anything, anywhere, anything goes. So it's a matter of what, what was the official stipulation of the match? Do you remember? Uh, no, 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 oh, oh, Hogan, Hogan. This kind of guy, when you give him rules and regulations, he's like a fish out of water. I'm glad you took that red with him. Oh my god! So yeah, is this going to be a? I think it could be a fun match. I think Trips is going to get his sledgehammer. We're going to see some Batista bombs through tables. Yep. It's a good old-fashioned EC-dub hardcore match that I, I absolutely not, love. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy with this. I know. These two guys be. are old, and <laughs> Batista has a very large life insurance policy. Oh, I get it. Oh, man. It. Yeah. They, they, they can't injure Batista while he's filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. James right. Gunn is back, dude. they got to take care of him, all right? So, yeah. Anyway, that was this segment. We also had a segment. Natalia had a match against Sasha Banks. 
It was fine. It was a pretty well-worked match, but of course, nothing really important happened other than the fact that Nia and Tamina interfered, and then Beth Phoenix got in the ring, did some big strength spots on both Nia and Tamina, looked like an absolute powerhouse monster, and uh, stood tall to end the segment. Bailey and Sasha backstage afterwards said that they are they're mad as hell, and they know what they're going to do about it. They're going to put their titles up against anybody and everybody. So as we predicted, Nick, it is going to be a fatal four-way at WrestleMania for the Women's Tag Team Championships. The Iconics, Nia and Tamina, Natalia and Beth Phoenix, and Sasha and Bailey. I have to... Whose, whose tag I, team name I will not, I will not mention. Not I have it. to admit and, and fully disclose that I was kind of down on Beth Phoenix last week. Yes. And I was kind of like, eh. You were, and I was mad at you for it. You were mad at me for it. I was. Uh, she was awesome this week. I, I know. I try to tell you. She She's was the fantastic. Best thing about this, the best thing about this whole thing, that and the fact that the Iconics are officially in this. Yes, and they're going to win. The, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. And I, there's no way. There's no way they're winning it. There's 100%. You heard it here. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are winning this. 100%. Wow. They, okay. They, yeah, I, we'll get to this when we get to SmackDown. Again, we're saving it for SmackDown. <laughs> we better get to SmackDown. We've got a lot to talk about over there. Yeah, so no uh, we had a moment of bliss. Uh, Alexa Bliss was trying to, to settle the tensions between Braun Strowman and uh, WWE WrestleMania correspondents, uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live. So she had Braun sit down in a, a big comfy chair in the ring or a, whatever you want to call it. And uh, up on the, the Titan Tron, you had uh, Che and Jost from, live from New York. And uh, Nick, you're a Braun Strowman fan. Why don't you? Why don't you say what happened next? I mean, this this it took the wind out of everything. Like uh, well, Braun happened? had Braun had to have done something wrong six <laughs> months ago. Six no, months. This is becoming I'm, Braun at WrestleMania. Okay, so what happened I, was ultimately. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to tell him what happened. A mere six months ago, this man was teed up to have universal title opportunities against Brock Lesnar. He was going to be the next big thing in WWE, especially after Roman had stepped away for his leukemia. All signs pointed to him and Drew McIntyre. And Drew has carried on. Braun, I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't know how he became the comedy sideshow caveman character that he is now. But okay, I'm, I'll tell I'm you, writing it out. I don't know about him getting backstage heat, but Seth got hot and Roman got better. That's it, pretty much. I mean, he's still getting a, a pretty big to-do, but this is he's now the gimmick guy at WrestleMania. Yeah. So what happened was, essentially, he tricked... And this was actually one of the few times I've seen Braun use intelligence. He tricked uh, Che and Jost into entering the Andre the Giant Battle Royale with him. So the only way we're going to fix this is if you come into this and we settle this man-to-man physically in the arm bar. Uh, and Alexa Bliss made it official for some reason. I guess she still has that kind of power. Where, yeah, so officially we have two non-wrestlers, Saturday Night Live correspondents, in the arm bar. Is this insulting to every other wrestler who's going to be in the arm bar? Is this kind of like a Pete Rose versus Kane thing or a Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble? Like, are you okay with this? Is this like just a fun, silly WrestleMania thing? Or is this actually... As bad as it seems on paper. It's as bad as it seems on paper. <laughs> All right. That's two spots that two wrestlers aren't going to get paid mm -hmm. for being in, in, on WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. period. And, and and it as much as we love this business and as much as they I understand. Let me be clear about this. I'm a businessman. I understand what they're doing. I understand why Rousey's there. I understand why Brock's there. I understand why Shay and Jost are on the show to hype up WrestleMania. So I understand why they are making such a big deal out of it that it's the first ever main event of with women at WrestleMania. I understand. Yeah. It's press. It's mm-hmm. getting things out there. You have two huge TV deals you've done. I understand why Shay and Jost are on here because they are prominent figures of SNL that are bringing in new viewership uh, that typically wouldn't watch our beloved sports entertainment. I don't have to like it. Yeah. I hate it. I think it's stupid, but it get does it 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 makes it seem silly. It takes any kind of weight or gravity that Andre the Giant and the fact that we have a, a battle royale named after him, plus that winner of the giant trophy, plus the fact that people that uh, there are going to be two superstars that have spent their lives wrestling. And, and this is the one thing that they do. Now, they're not going to get to be in it but so that we can have a couple of Saturday Night Live guys in a comedy segment with Braun Strowman and watch them get tossed o- way over the top rope by him somehow. Well, I mean, you essentially just gave yourself, you, you, you just logically pointed that out, and that was that WWE f- uh, felt that there was more equity in having two uh, you know, famous guys who get watched every week by millions of people on a famous TV show that is not WWE in WrestleMania, actively wrestling WrestleMania, there was more equity in that than two lower mid-card guys in the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. And you know what? Like you said, from a business standpoint, they're right. There is. If you are a Saturday Night Live viewer and you hear that the two guys from Weekend Update are going to be not just at WrestleMania, but in WrestleMania, you might just tune in. That's that's good business right there. Did, did uh, people I, that are religious did people that you. religiously watch Arrow tune in when Stephen Amell showed up to face Stardust? Yes. They did actually. They had they had a lot of crossover with that. That actually was that was actually relatively effective, considering how low on the card it was. It did get a, a big amount of crossover. So it, it's and it's it's tried and true. Like get like ever since the first WrestleMania, get mainstream stars there. Get mainstream stars there, and the the casuals will come. So that's what they're doing here, and it frankly makes tons of sense to me. But on the other side of it, hashtag Marestlin. Yep, Marestlin. What are you guys doing? Um, also, to be, to, I was entertained by this. It was not the best segment. It was a little cringy, but I'll be honest with you, I did laugh quite a few times. Um, Michael Che and Colin Jost were genuinely funny. I love the kind of healy smarmy New York dick thing that Jost is doing. Like yeah. I, I did. I laughed. I laughed. I'll admit it. Um, get it. Finishing off raw here. Seth Rollins uh, ran a nice baby face promo saying that he was the future of the company, not Brock. And that's why he has to win at WrestleMania. Cause he's got the fans behind him. Paul Heyman came out to say, otherwise gave a nice fiery Paul Heyman promo saying that screw the fans, screw you. Brock will beat all of you, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He tried to walk away. Seth chased him down, and uh, hilariously, Paul Heyman fell on the floor and started screaming, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just Brock an advocate. Say, I'm just an advocate. Brock made me say it. I'm sorry. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff all around. Nice, simple, sweet. Seth gets the total babyface fan reaction. Uh, Heyman gets to be Heyman. It doesn't help build the match at all. Frankly, you know, unless Brock was there 
and Brock wasn't there. Doesn't doesn't do anything major. Unless Seth was standing over him as he was saying all of that, and and Lesnar's music kicks and out walks Lesnar to defend his advocate. Yeah, why do this? They should have saved it till next week when Brock is scheduled to be on TV, and they could have swerved us somehow with ah Brock changed his mind. He's not here. Same exact thing happens, but Brock surprises us and comes out. It would have made us all go. But no, now we're going to get the normal face-off shit in the ring, and they're going to get hands on each other, and everybody's going to come out and separate them, and it's going to... Okay. Well, you know what? Honestly, with this, fine. It's kind of like what I was saying with the Ronda, Becky, Charlotte thing. Had it just been that match, going the next week, I would have said, cool, wasn't great, wasn't bad, just was. That's how this was for me. Wasn't great, wasn't bad, it just was. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, A couple other things before we get out of Raw. Uh, Elias had a bunch of skits interjected between uh, everything, kind of a warm up for his, uh, I'm assuming his WrestleMania uh, appearances on the streets of New York, talking smack about New York and just being Elias. It was fun. Ricochet and Black had another match against the Revival, non title match, and they won. Um, didn't have a stipulation, didn't tell us this was for a match at WrestleMania, just was a match. They beat the champs. Whoop de doo. Um, don't Please know NXT and so the Dusty Rose Classic. Good God. And then finally, uh, Baron Corbin had a match against Apollo Crews. He beat him down again because they had to get Corbin hot for WrestleMania or something. I don't know. That happened. So that was Raw. But now, Nick, it is time. We've been talking about this all episodes so far. We Warm it up. Warm it up, Chris. We got to head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, as we've teased, as we've said, a lot happened on this week's edition of SmackDown Live. Uh, The New Day. Which is hilarious given that there was essentially two matches and a promo. Yes. If you (laughs) boil it all down. Three matches. Sorry, two matches, a promo, and an interrupted match. That's pretty much SmackDown. (laughs) There was so much to talk about on the show, Nick. It was the best of booking. It was the worst of booking. It was SmackDown Live two weeks before WrestleMania. Dear God. Dear God. All right. Let's start with let's start with the good. Let's start with the good, Nick. Can we start with the good? Uh, sure. What would you like to start with? The good. Oh, the good well, what, what's happened. the good? The Good Brothers. Uh, well, it did start with the Good Brothers. Well, it did start it with the Good Brothers. It, well, essentially, but it started before that. So New Day came out at the top of the show to say essentially that if Vince uh, didn't give them what they wanted, which was Kofi to get give a title shot at WrestleMania, give me what I want, uh, they were going to quit. And uh, in protest, which great, that's logical. Love given it. how Vince, given how Vince screwed over Kofi last week, blatantly screwed over Kofi last last week, this made all the sense in the world. They came out to say, "Yo, if we we make you tons of money, and if you're not going to treat us fairly, we're out. We're done. We don't need this. We've we've had so much fun. This is great, but we're done." It was a great serious segment. It's night. I love when comedy acts get serious, like when new what New Day does here, when they can get serious. Uh, and this was New Day getting serious for for most of the show. Uh, out comes Daniel Bryan to run them down and call Kofi a B-plus player again. They went straight into the fact that we know this is recent history with Daniel Bryan and said, Daniel, you've become a hypocrite. You've become everything that you used to fight against. This is exactly what they used to say to you. And Daniel Bryan came back with, yeah, except it's right about you guys. This was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was all great. Uh, they called out Vince McMahon, who dutifully came out and... Uh, once again, I don't know what's going on with Vince these days. He can't cut promos. He doesn't seem to have logical like through lines with what he's saying. 
I, I, I don't know. This was a bit, it was just muddled. It was muddled, but somehow we got to Vince inexplicably saying, tell you what, I'll give you another chance. If the New Day can get through a tag team gauntlet match, uh, yet another gauntlet match, then Kofi will get a shot at WrestleMania. Okay. No yeah. reason, no rationale, no logic as to why. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do this again. Cool. So we had a tag team gauntlet match. And as you said, out first, the Good Brothers. Remember them? In And Carl Anderson in the baby blue machine gun Carl Anderson tights. Uh, you think that's a nod at something? Hello, AEW. We're coming. Mm, yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. And this was an utter squash, too. They beat him pretty quick, pretty clean. Uh, I could not make out. Carl Anderson whispered something to Big E as he was getting pinned. Uh, probably been nice working with you. Yeah. <laughs> but Later. I couldn't, I couldn't make it out. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Jesus Christ, I hope they get out of there as soon as possible. They're, they're one of those... I mean, as much as we say the poor revival, man, the poor good brothers. Good Lord. Are Next there any up, tag, not to sidebar, but are there any tag teams signed to AEW yet? No. I think they would be I, an well, excellent young, first one. The Young Bucks and the oh, Lucha the young Brothers. Bucks, obviously. And the yeah. Lucha Brothers, but aside from that, no. Uh, <laughs> that I can think of. Okay. Uh, so next up, we had the team of Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, okay. Great. And uh, great. And they were beaten pretty quickly, completely cleanly. Xavier Woods pinned Nakamura, former WWE champion, Royal Rumble runner, winner. Uh, you know, I read some this week. Dave Meltzer said that he believes that Shinsuke is just checked out. He's like, doesn't care anymore. His family's happy in Florida. He likes to get to surf a lot. Is that what you're feeling from him, that he just, he just doesn't care anymore? Go out there, do your spots, collect paycheck. Sure. It's kind yeah. of what the Good Brothers have been doing for two years now. Whether or not like Meltzer's speculating or if he's got some information people are saying, it sure does feel that way. Yep. It feels like Shinsuke's just giving up. He's just he's banging his head against a, the WWE wall and you know, just like fine, put me in a tag team, have me lose to Xavier Woods. You know, not to no no disrespect to Xavier Woods, but I mean Shinsuke Nakamura is uh, I, I think a lot of people don't know his history. He is one of the major founding reasons why New Japan is as big as it is today. Yeah. Like over, over the last 10 years, it's, it's resurgence, multiple time champion over there. He is a huge deal in Japan. That's why he was such a big deal when he came to WWE. I'd even throw so him a bone. Is, He's one of the, one of the largely one of the reasons NXT was so successful in its early days. You know, it, him well, getting that one, championship was a big deal. It didn't hurt. He certainly, his injection into NXT sure didn't hurt its, its reputation. Yep. So this was okay. So they beat they beat the Good Brothers. They beat Rusev and Shinsuke. They barely seem winded at this point. They're they're they've broken a sweat, and then out come the Bar. Now it starts getting serious. The Bar did look uh, at least a bit more like an actually brutal tag team, and uh, they've had some battles. Obviously, so many battles. New Day and, and the Bar. The New Day sneak out a win here, and the Bar beat them down mercilessly at the end. Put Big E through a table. And uh, there's a big old beatdown. And then came one of my favorite moments of this match was the champs came out. The Usos came out and they were next up. And they came out and they looked like they were ready to rip the New Day's head off. And as Big E was recovering from the table, they're pulling all the pieces of the table out of the ring and Xavier's looking up at them waiting to get hit. The Usos go, you know what? We've had a lot of matches up and down the road, but you know what? We believe Kofi should be in WrestleMania. We forfeit. And they walk away. Man. That was one of the cooler moments I've seen in the last couple of years. 
Me, I got goosebumps. Yeah, when that I loved this because it called back to their legendary uh, run over the last couple of years. All mm-hmm. of the baller matches they put on against the New Day. Just, wow. And Great this was a of huge like, moment of sportsmanship and, yeah. you know, just putting putting heel face aside and all of the kayfabe aside. Just and just and logical booking like last yep. week, the Usos were the first guys by those TVs with New Day watching Kofi run the gauntlet like this is logical booking. This is what those characters would do in that situation. It was it was fantastic. It was great across the board. Loved that decision, and it made it make sense that the New Day would still have a little bit of wind left in them for the final tag team of Daniel Bryan and Rowan, which uh, which was also just a nice knockdown, drag out. Daniel Bryan being evil, Rowan being a beast. This was good stuff. Yep. Um, Interesting twist at the end, though. So even though this was set up to be a sort of gauntlet match, I believe that it was it doesn't apply to no DQ, right? There's no you still have to play by the rules yes, in a gauntlet do. match. Yes. So countouts the, uh, right. everything there's all the still the rules. So does that include putting somebody through or under a desk? I am not or sure. Or through a table? Well, all I know is no one went through a table or a desk in this. Uh, Big but he a, did. Well, he didn't go through it. He went he was put through it by the by the bar after the end of the last match. Okay, um, sure. Right? Even if I and give then, you that one. But then Biggie here, flips the desk over onto Rowan to keep him from being able to get up because he's the legal man, and they win by count out. Yes. Awesome. Mm, I, I dug it. I, I dug I it. Dug but it. then I started thinking about it technically, and I'm going, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> but it, but the, here's the thing. It, you know, it's still Rowan not being Rowan and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan got, uh, I believe, planched and knocked out by Xavier uh, right before that. And, um, and so Rowan wasn't he wasn't put through a table. He like no outside implement was used on him. He was just trapped. And Not we've even seen that a desk. Several, we've seen that several times, man. Where yeah, absolutely you can be counted out when you're like like AJ's leg getting trapped in the cables or something like that happens. If you are trapped by something and can't it can't answer the count, yeah, that's absolutely legal. It's happened quite often. So for me, this was totally cool. Totally cool. It was a way to have the the champ not get pinned. Rowan still didn't. He's looked like a monster. He didn't get pinned either. You know what I mean? He just couldn't answer the count. So he's gonna be I, pissed next week. I love it. That's fantastic. Good stuff. You know. So no, I'm totally. I was totally happy with the end. And then a beautiful emotional finish of Kofi running out to embrace the new day, who had just gone the distance for their boy. It was. Um, it was great for a number of reasons. Not only because we know that legit backstage New Day has been proselytizing for Kofi for years, it made sense to take their the two of them selflessly putting aside their careers and trying to get Kofi over with management and making that part of the storyline of, of New Day going to bat for Kofi and essentially being the reason why he gets it. That's awesome. It was a great heartwarming moment. And, and honestly, shout out. I've never said this before in my damn life. I've never said this before. I may never, never say this again. Byron Saxton killed it at this moment on commentary. He was screaming at the top of his lungs about dream the dream and you got, you know, uh, all this positive stuff. Like he was, he was, I, I don't have in front of me what he actually said, but I remember him being fantastic. Um, Rowan shirt watch. Rowan Shirtwatch. Rowan Shirtwatch. We missed it last week. I apologize. We missed it last week, and he had a creator shirt on last week, and I was I was mad at myself when we stopped the show, and I was like, we didn't, we didn't do the Rowan Shirtwatch. 
Uh, yes, Rowan Sherwatch. This week, Children of Bodom. Yes. Nice. One of my nice. favorites. Me too, for uh, like a long time. They're awesome. They are really great. One of, Check uh, out uh, If You Want Peace, too. Prepare for War, if you oh, want to hear yeah. what Children of Bodom are all about. That's a great song. Prepare yes. to headbang. Oh, big time. Big time. They've got some good stuff. Um, yeah, Rowan Shirtwatch, Children of Bodom. Good, good one, Rowan. Fantastic. Um, so, all right. That was all good stuff. The, the Kofi stuff was fantastic. The, the gauntlet match was great. Lots of good feels, lots of good booking. I like what they did with that. At the end of the whole show, Mr. McMahon's getting into his limo, and he said, um, you know, yes, Kofi's going to WrestleMania, and he gave a little smirk and got in the limo. Do you think that was just their, their way of saying definitively what was happening, or was that hinting that there may be something else up Vince's sleeve? What do you think that was? Uh, I did hear him confirm that it will be for the WWE Championship. I've been waiting for the caveat of, sure, he can go to WrestleMania. He will be in a WrestleMania match. He'll have a beer like John Cena did last year. Right, but it won't be against Daniel Bryan, and it won't be. But he did confirm. He did say for the WWE Championship. So all bets are off at this point. Uh, We could see something else, but as far as I'm concerned, Kofi Kingston is facing Daniel Bryan for the W and Eric Rowan for the WWE Championship <laughs> at WrestleMania. So I, yes. it'd be interesting to see if they do something else because he's passed two straight gauntlets now, two weeks in a row. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, Nick, uh, we, we here we are at this point in the show. We've got to talk about this. This oh, is hang this on. is. I got to get a drink. This is going to be. Yeah. Uh, this is not going to be fun, guys. Uh you you have a drink of Powerade. I'm going to have a shot of whiskey because I'm going to need it for this. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to try and keep this brief because we got a lot still to get to, but I got a lot to say about this. So we had something else happen last week. We were told there was going to be a fatal four way to determine the number one contender for Oscar's title, uh, with Mandy facing off against Sonya Deville and Carmella and Naomi. This week, without any explanation we were suddenly told that Charlotte was having a match against Oscar for the title. And they had a match, a great match, a f- absolutely pay-per-view quality killer match, which Charlotte won by putting Oscar in the figure four leg lock and tapping her out. And Charlotte, as we said, at the top of the show is your new SmackDown live women's champion. So um, where to begin here, Nick, where to begin? I want, to, I want to say one thing real quick. After you just went over the play-by-play there, I would have been completely okay with everything, and I still will be, if this, this ends up being the thing that takes Charlotte out of the triple threat for the Raw championship. But I know this isn't going to happen. Nah, not if happen. you guys remember six months ago or yeah. something. <laughs> you wanted I, this match at I, WrestleMania. I wanted this match at WrestleMania, and I wanted <laughs> Becky and Ronda for the Raw Women's yeah. Championship, and everything would have been fine. Yeah. They could have given us this four months ago, and everything would have been fine. So here's Now the we're thing. going into WrestleMania with two belts in yeah. the main event. So here's what's here. There's a number of things that are bizarre about this. So one, we do know for a fact that Vince decided to do this the day of. He didn't feel that there was enough heat for an Oscar match for any of the like. He wasn't happy with any of the competitors, any of the four women going the Oscar match, which we've been saying he's he was right about that point. The Oscar match seemed pointless, um, and it wasn't enough heat behind it. There's also a lot of matches they wanted to narrow down the matches. So they took away the, the SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania because that way it, clear, it, it will decrease the length of the show. 
Um, but we do know it was the, it was a last minute decision to do this, which made it have no build and no initial. It didn't seem to initially have a point. Also, on top of it, um, it makes Oscar look frankly terrible. It's it's a terrible thing to do to Oscar to strip her of the title like this right before WrestleMania. Uh, it's an insult to her, and frankly, it's bad for the, all the SmackDown women because he's, he's essentially saying none of you matter as much as this one main event. These are all aspects of this. Hashtag Roman Reigns. The other, pro- well, and there's a little bit of the the Roman Reigns thing going on with Charlotte, but I I don't think that this is necessarily an example of that. And I'm I'm a, I'm a, I will be completely clear. I'm a huge fan of Charlotte. I think she's one of the best, if not the best, women wrestler they have. Uh, she's always killer on the mic. Her character's great. She's good as a face or a heel. She's absolutely superlative. So no disrespect to Charlotte. I, I never have a problem putting a belt on her. But how and why here and over Asuka in the way that they did is what I really have. I made me so hot. I was so hot about this, Nick. And I still am. I'm still really, really pissed about this because it did not need to happen. And it did not need to happen this way. If you wanted to have the SmackDown Women's Championship, it, it, the belt in the main, the main event of WrestleMania here, uh, and you wanted to do it last minute, there were better ways to do it than to throw together a match with Charlotte and Asuka at the last second and have it happen this way. In addition to have Asuka tap out someone as strong as I, like you, you totally killed a lot of her credibility by having her tap out again, 0-2 to Charlotte. At least they did more storytelling with Asuka's knee this time. So it was better than their WrestleMania match, but it still irked me. But then to not immediately say that there is a unification that's going to happen or that's going to be for both the belts, it makes it seem completely clear that the SmackDown championship is being used again as a prop, a, a simple toy to make it seem more important to the casuals who are tuning into this match. Oh, two champions. But it doesn't matter because one of the belts isn't on the line. So why even put it on Charlotte in the first place? It may, that, that makes no damn sense to me. Uh, in addition, it also makes that main event in some ways, if it's just for the Raw title, it makes it, or even if it's for both titles, it makes it a little bit more transparent about what you're going to do because Becky's the only one again who doesn't have a title. So it's another aspect of the story where the the hot shotting, the last minute changes alter the perception of what the match means. And you sit there and go, well, if you wanted to have, I mean, obviously it was a last minute decision, but if you wanted to have two women with titles against one woman with no titles and Becky's whole thing is an underdog, that's a great story to tell there. But now you've got 10 days left to try and and change it to that. And it's not going to be as meaningful because you've just changed it the last second. I have a hunch. I have a, my gut is telling me that they want to see at the end of WrestleMania, they want to see all four horsewomen of NXT holding a belt. And you just hit it right on the head. Something I said when we were talking about the Bailey and Sasha segment, when you said that the iconics were going to win. No, they're not dude, because that's absolutely what they want. They want to have the four horsewomen holding at the belts. Here's the problem. If Becky holds up the Raw belt, Charlotte holds up the SmackDown belt, and Bailey and Sasha hold up the tag belts, why is why is Charlotte there? She's a freaking heel. They have to turn her face in a, in a week, or or break kayfabe entirely at WrestleMania. That's I think they'll also break garbage. kayfabe entirely at WrestleMania. That's also garbage because it's complete they garbage. Would, they would never do that with a men's match. They would never. They would never suddenly. It, that's that is well. literally. No, hold on a second. No, that is <laughs> absolutely. 
That is the reason why, why Triple H was not king of the ring. Because this is basically going to be, if they do that, this is going to be the Madison Square Garden curtain call as the main event of WrestleMania. Nice callback. You know what I mean? That's all this is. Kayfabe out the window. We're going to have real-life friends embracing each other at the end of a show. Unless Ronda Rousey gets defeated, which I think she is. I think Becky's going to walk out of there with the championship. And Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke show up, and you've got four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. The only way I'll be okay with it is if the like they don't turn like they have a moment where Charlotte can still play a heel and begrudgingly hold up the title next to everybody else. You know, she and Becky can still have like glares at each other, but they're all holding it up. You get that moment, and then as you say, the four horsewomen of MMA show up, beat them down, and they hold up the titles. That will be an exciting finish. At the same time, it still doesn't make me any less hot about what they did to Asuka here. No. And, and I would not fault her one bit if she went and asked for her release. Uh, but I don't think it's that bad. And here's, and here's why. Here's why. There is still plenty of storyline to be had going forward with, with Asuka after this. They can, there's a lot of ways they can remedy this. I don't know that they will. But there's lots of ways out of this. Also, Asuka seems like a good soldier who's going to do what she's told. She used to be right. a booker herself. She gets how it is. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, she, this is this is not her being broken beyond repair by any stretch, but it is. It does feel very disrespectful. By the way, triple threat rolls no DQ. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Well, I don't think she's. I don't think she's coming out this. I, but here's she the might, problem: she might be the reason that Becky wins and Charlotte doesn't get that championship. The but if we're one. were they going to have a women's battle royale? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say the name that they had for it last year. The, the women's battle royale. The Snickers. Again. Snickers. The Snickers the battle royale. The Snickers battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> really, the uh, the moolah bar. They should make a moolah bar, and that way it you, can be said it. I, you said it. I didn't say it. Say it. It's a moolah bar. It's right. a, you know it's a, it's a it's a one of Snickers products. Right. Oh, or it could, oh. or it could be. Anyway, uh, so are, if they were already planning on having that battle royale, and they insert Oscar into it, and she kills everybody, that will be good. If they weren't planning on having a women's battle royale before, and they make one for that reason, then why take away Oscar's match just because it didn't feel like it had it didn't, it didn't have enough like WrestleMania prestige? Because I agree with certain aspects of that, like Oscar versus Mandy does not sound like a WrestleMania match. No, but, and I agree, none of those four could have put but, on the caliber of match, but yeah. I do think that Asuka somehow showing up in her, some sort of revenge redemption thing to screw over Charlotte from winning the other one makes a lot of sense and is much more exciting to me than her having a match with Mandy or Naomi yes. uh, and just rolling over them at, at WrestleMania. That's, that's more exciting to me. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I hate this, but I don't know. It, it is what it is. It's done, right? We got to move on. It's the what happens next I'm more concerned about. If she doesn't they, show up at all at next Wrestle, week on yeah. SmackDown or uh, on WrestleMania. Light the torches. Oh, my God. Light, light the damn torches. And right. people are We're getting already, the pitchforks out and going after Oh, them. people already have, like, everywhere. Twitter, Reddit, all over, everywhere. People are furious about this and in my opinion rightfully so it is absolutely completely boneheaded booking completely hot shot last minute terror it's the kind of amateur booking that you're always told to never do do not do this you don't book like this because this is terrible for your product in the long term and people can say oh wwe super successful i'm like yeah but are they are they really they're losing they're they're bleeding viewers 
They're down 23% from last year. You know, and then frankly, they're going to get more competition as the years go on and more and more other wrestling organizations show up and tell better stories. Like this is the kind of thing they've got to stop doing because it does alienate their most hardcore fan base. And if you want to appeal to the casuals once a year, that's great, but it's your hardcores that keep you going. Yep. So that we've been here the whole time. And yeah. And again, again, try to always look at the positives. There are positives here. It does make the main event a bigger deal. I just hate how they got there. Uh, and it, it also, it, it's, it does so at the expense of the rest of their women's division when they're supposed to be so forward thinking about the women. And they, they, you know, it's a whole, it's an all men's show except for two matches now. <laughs> so how is that a woman's revolution? Anyway, we, as you said, Nick, we got to move. You girls enjoy uh, that main event, though. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that main event. That's all We're going to do seven other hours of, of, all, of men, all men all the time. Yep, it's, it's evolution all over again, right? Right. Yeah, we went to Saudi Arabia, had two shows without you, but you get your own pay-per-view. Congratulations, ladies. Pat, pat, pat. All right, moving on. Uh, AJ Styles had a match against Kurt Angle. Nice. Another TNA callback. Another TNA throwback. Very cool. <laughs> This one, they were wisely interrupted pretty quickly into the match because, I mean, AJ, you'll notice if he slows down to Kurt's speed at this point. So he was interrupted pretty quickly by Randy Orton coming in, establishing that him and AJ have beef. RKO's AJ out of nowhere. Kurt gives him an uh, Olympic slam. Randy runs out of the ring, and Kurt and AJ have a nice moment after this. Great. Nice little bit. Um, do you outside think of, out, So outside of New Japan, AJ and Kurt's match or match there was one in particular match that they had in TNA was one of the more uncomfortable ones I think I've ever seen uh, just how <laughs> hardcore and brutal it was definitely go look up AJ Styles and Kurt Angle matches in TNA if you have not oh, yeah. seen them before or, they're fantastic or the one with Samoa Joe oh, I think or, they're, they're right. three-way too it's oh my god um so yeah this is okay little little moment to build to uh, AJ and Randy at WrestleMania in addition giving us a nice little TNA wink wink which frankly I don't know if Kurt asked specifically for his for AJ and Joe to be some to be on his farewell tour uh or if they came up with the idea on their own I kind of suspect it's the former but I am so happy they did this I'm glad they let him do this and I'm digging the farewell tour format as well let's, let's run through your old favorites you know yeah, or somebody greatest, you didn't get to face yet the greatest hits but also at the same time not dwelling on it too much you know like like undertaker and kane the versus culmination of all and, of this would have been yeah. john cena oh doing it's, ruthless aggression is, okay, again so this is the oh problem that's why cena is too perfect it's why cena is just too <laughs> perfect if he can't make this it will be an all-time travesty and a tragedy but oh well Oh, well, we're not going to dwell on that again. We got a one more thing, two more things here. Shane and Miz. Miz came out, cut another promo on Shane. Uh, great, another great promo. And uh, Shane came out to respond, surrounded by security, as well as a few poor wrestlers who he also apparently got for security as well. Some people you may not have seen in a while. Sanity. Sanity, Bobby Lashley, one of the colognes. Uh, they were all running security for Shane as well. And... Uh, Shane said that uh, he, his, he, he, he had a pretty nasty line. Uh, Miz, you're as dumb as your dad looks and uh, threw up a, a picture of, of, of himself choking out Miz's dad at Fastlane. And he said, my only regret is that I didn't do more harm to your father and truly punish him for spawning his greatest Miz take in life. Womp, womp. And that's when he impregnated your mother. Oh. Ooh. oh, and Miz came out and whooped up on 
everyone. Sanity got a little bit back on him, but he had uh, really, honestly, it, it seemed a little slight at the time given everything else happening on SmackDown, but take it out of SmackDown, out of context. If you just watch that cold, that was one of the greatest like babyface fire moments. First of all, obviously in Miz's career, because he hasn't really had a lot of them, right. but that I've seen in a while. That was just straight up, as you said last week, peel the chicken off his cheeks. That was if some you, white meat right If you there. were still unsure whether or not they were turning Miz's face Holy at this crap. point, now we know. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. So he beat up everybody and uh, stood tall to end this segment. So, yeah, pretty good stuff, except for, oh, man, poor, poor, poor sanity. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, finally, we had a quick moment. Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic cut a god-awful promo backstage about their match with Samoa Joe at WrestleMania. I am so mad about how much momentum they've lost for this U.S. title match at WrestleMania. I was so excited for it with everyone, with Andrade Cien Almas and R-Truth on a roll. And then Ray and Joe, like it was all looking so good. And now it's just Ray and Joe and his buffoon son who has about all of the charisma of a, of a sweaty sock that's been left in the corner for two weeks. I'm not happy about this. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Dominic seems like he's probably a great guy. Ray is a legend and a great guy. But this is killing me. You can't. Ugh. The only reason is because it's Ray. It's Ray. He's a legend. It's not Joe. the only he's reason. Great. But they no, have legit no. story building. And we're on the not, not, not just Ray not and just Andrade, between. but they had a whole story around the four of them, and our truth somehow still sneaking the title away all the time. But yeah, it wasn't specifically between Ray and Joe. They isolated it down to this, and we don't know why they specifically have beef right now, or why everyone else involved in this gets shunted to the side. It's this is this is an uninteresting feud to me. I was more interested in Mandy versus Oscar than I am in Ray versus Joe, even though I think Ray versus Joe will put on a better match. They'll probably put on a fantastic match, but I'm terrified about Dominic's involvement. I'm terrified. It's Ray trying to get his son to get some TV time or some FaceTime at WrestleMania. And I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm sure Dominic is going to be a fine wrestler, but because his, you know, his dad's yeah, in about 10 years, but, but I'm not excited about this at all. Anyway, Sorry to end SmackDown on a on a bummer note, but I was I was emotionally all over the place for SmackDown this week, obviously, and I'm I'm going to be bearing the scar of that Oscar loss for a while. They better make that right, or I you will have a very hot boy on your hands. But Nick, we have tons more to get to. Let us head on over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. If you want to see a clinic. <laughs> on how to do a promo, go watch this week's NXT. We opened the show up with Adam Cole coming out in the vacated NXT championship, center of the ring, and just basically tore down Johnny Gargano, called him out. Johnny sits up on the top turnbuckle, and they spent, I timed it, it was 18 minutes into the show. Damn. Almost 20 full minutes of the one hour that they have were spent on this promo off back and forth mm-hmm. between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. This, this is time. some of the best promo work I have seen in recent memory. Yeah, it they, was, were both, they were both like Gar- Gargano. Gargano, speaking of white meat baby faces, he's back to being a full-on face. There's no more like Venom uh, smiley faces that he has. And even though it's just back to his regular like winky one. Um, and he 
you know, gave this. Adam Cole basically said, "Who do you think you are? You lose all the time at Takeover. What have you done to deserve this?" And he's like, "I beat four of NXT's best to get here." What he started have you done? pulling chicken breast meat off of his cheeks. That's what I'm saying. And get the, and just get told the, his life story of yes. the past four to five years coming up through the NXT ranks. And get I got told no. And I worked hard and blue collar and all of those things. Right? I'm a I'm an example of what I'm I'm here for everybody who was told no and who has ever been held back and held down and fought for what they want and they love. And I'm here because this is what I love. Right? Get the gravy. Get the mashed potatoes. Get the mashed potatoes. My dreams. Thanksgiving's coming early. That's going to be a new shirt. Um, Hashtag my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. I've watched it twice. Oh, yeah. I watched it it twice today. Johnny was on fire, and it was so good that Adam Cole walked out of the ring. He had nothing. He had nothing. He had nothing. He walked out of the ring and went to the bottom of the ramp and turned around and went, essentially, you know why I'm going to win, Johnny? Because I'm going to win, and it's undisputed. And these three goons showed up at the top of the uh, the ramp. You had Fish, Cole, and uh, Strong show up and all kind of stare down Johnny Gargano. It was a great segment. It's, it, they needed this much time because it had to be thrown together so quickly because of the uh, the injury to that bald bastard. That son of a bitch, you caught me mid-drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tomasa Champa's out with an injury. So, yeah. Uh, they had to build it this way. This is great. I'm not, I, oh my God, two out of three falls. These two guys get ready for your next five-star match. Oh yeah. Get ready. Here here we go again. Saturday night takeover prior to WrestleMania is going to completely upstage anything that could possibly go on in WrestleMania. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. No match will be better that weekend unless it's on like maybe the G1 Supercard. No match will be better than this match. Yeah, I can't mm. think of a single match at WrestleMania or TakeOver that will upstage what this match has the potential to be. Yep. They're like I said the same thing about Gargano Ricochet, uh, Cole Ricochet, Cole, uh, Cole Black. Like These guys are going to be lights out, period. Uh, we also, speaking of um, lights out, someone got their lights put out in our next match. Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah coming out looking like a couple of Thai lady boys. Uh, and their new outfits as a tag team versus Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro. Real life roommates, Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro. Um, They're going to be was... called Lacey Casey. Lacey Casey? Casey Lacey. Casey Lacey. Yeah. Um, I could got to drop the their last names. It's just single names now. This crowd was live, by the way, th- yeah, no this kidding. evening. They were, they were fired up. They would not. The reason it was 18 minutes for that opening promo is because they kept chanting Johnny, Gar- uh, Johnny Wrestling and Adam Cole back and forth for 10 minutes. Like, they would not shut up. The two of them did not know how to get into this. They were also lit for this match, uh, which was, uh, honestly, the the presentation of Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah has come a long way. They're they're definitely nailing their attitude, their swagger to the ring, and you can tell they have had more experience doing that than, yep. Lacey, than Lacey Casey, who very much still feel green. Uh, Lacey definitely felt tentative getting into the ring. There, there's still a lot of development going on in developmental for those two. Uh, that being said, once Lacey got into the ring, she looked pretty good, even though I think that Vanessa and uh, Aaliyah are still finding out how tag team wrestling works. At one point, uh, Vanessa tried to tag in without grabbing the tag rope, and the ref had to be like, you got to hold the rope. Now tag her. <laughs> Literally had to remind her mid-match. I was like, oh, God. Thankfully, this got interrupted. Uh, before Casey got tagged in, got interrupted by Shayna Baszler, and Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, they all came down. Uh, Vanessa and... Because uh, they can. 
because they, well, she's she's mad. She's in a fatal four way. I'd be mad too. Yep. Uh, they they chased out Vanessa and Aaliyah, beat the utter piss out of Lacey, and Casey came in, had a bit of baby face fire, got a couple of spots in before she got choked out, put to sleep by the champ, who then went to pose on the announce desk and say she's the champ. This is going to keep happening as long as she's champ. Good stuff. I adore Shayna Baszler. I freaking love her. Best so thing much. they can do is bring her up and team her up with Ronda God Rousey and just have it. that faction. Gosh, she is so ready for the Please do it soon. I don't know about, as a promise, I don't know about the other two. I don't know if they're ready yet. They feel kind of riot squatty still. Yeah, they need women tag teams, though. That they do. That they do. Uh, so that was, that. I, I. we will see what happens WrestleMania weekend. I would love it if they all came up. I, I Shayna is ready to me. She's ready to blow up. Um, next you had Matt Riddle versus Kona Reeves, which everyone still hates Kona. My highlight of the week happened in this match. <laughs> I think I know exactly what it was too. So they started having this match. It was back and forth. Kona snuck in some offense on Matt Riddle. And right as Matt Riddle started to have a bit of a comeback, was this the moment that you were referring to, sir? The, the whole stage fills up with smoke. It goes purple. And Velveteen Dream is wheeled out on a sort of chariot couch by two beautiful, beautiful women uh, drinking from a chalice yes. uh, with the North American Championship placed on the on the chariot right uh, next to him. And just just hit boom. Just that, that boom. That's that bass dream. drop that happens. And he just starts coming out. Bam, 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 oh. is all of that just this home of it you oh. guys can ask esther i stood up and i was dying laughing just going Same. yes i freaked my dog it. out this is perfect i freaked my dog out i was cackling so hard this yes. was yeah this was such an amazing like this is an aspect of the dream character this is why he got the wrestling observer news's best gimmick this was beautiful and the look on matt riddle's face too where he's like are you freaking <laughs> kidding me Oh, it was great. And Kona Reeves, of course, used the uh, distraction to get a little more offense in before Matt Riddle beat the absolute crap out of him and tapped him out in the bro mission. Uh, And then went up to the Velveteen Dream on the stage, grabbed his goblet, drank from his goblet, letting the juices pour over his his chest and abs, tossed the goblet aside and said, see you at TakeOver, bro. And walked It was almost like there was this moment where it looked like Matt Riddle Riddle was going to corpse and crack up and start laughing. I don't know how he he was. I feel like he was going to say something else, and all he could get out was, "I'll see you in New York, bro." (laughs) (laughs) This was amazing, Uh, and and just when you think Velveteen Dream can't get any better, uh, she can't take it up one more notch. He does. You go and do this, and and just. The oh, gift, it completely the blew me away. I love it. keeps on giving. Uh, yeah, so fantastic stuff. Can't wait for their match. Uh, quick note on Kona Reeves when we got to move. Do you think he was used appropriately here? Do you, do you like how he's coming across a little bit better? Uh, it, it's developmental, right? He's developing. Yeah. Um, and I can, I see the potential that they might see now. Uh, you know, they've got to change him up. They changed his music up a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's got a little, said, the music's banging, and he's got he's got a way more yeah. surfery look, way less like sleazy porn star look. More I, I thought him coming out juxtaposed to Matt Riddle as two bros was yeah. kind of cool. It was, so, it was I, nice, yeah, and he's we'll, he's we'll see. Yeah, I'm 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 less down on him now. <laughs> I'm not up on him, or I'm not I'm not high on him, but I'm less down on him now for sure. Finally, yep. we had the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals: Alistair Black and Ricochet versus. The Forgotten Sons. Nick's boys, The Forgotten Sons. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Jackson Riker specifically. Well, yes, but your boys. I didn't call them to win, but I also didn't look at spoilers. <clears throat> I didn't look at spoilers. I knew. I knew. Okay. I knew Ricochet and Black were pulling this off. Yeah. Why? Because they're, they're okay. You could even see it in this Why? match. You could see it in this match. The Forgotten Sons have come a long way. They're. By the way, I was very impressed with how they how they worked this match. Thank there was you. some great. There was some great selling. Uh, there was some really nasty looking backbreakers and some nice hard hitting moves. They did they did look good here, but they just looked good. Alistair Black and Ricochet come out through the screen. They are superlative workers. They are superstars. They feel they felt this entire match like they were barely not winning this. Like it, it, at no point did I ever think that they were losing this match. At no point. I was they definitely, just, there were parts of me that was going, oh, Suns might pull this off. Nope. I never had a single doubt from the time this match started. They okay. did not, the Suns didn't feel like they were on that level, frankly. So let's, let's put all of that aside, all of the emotional stuff aside. Our love for Ricochet, our love for Aleister Black. It makes no sense because of the work that they're doing. They're, they've got, they're making a beeline for the main roster. In fact, they've been on there for four plus weeks at this point straight on both shows beating tag teams. They yeah. do not they did not need this. A. B That is the one the bizarre thing, yes. B, they're going up against a face champ. It makes way more sense to have the Forgotten Sons, an underdog he, you know, bratty heel team, go up and face War Machine. Sorry, War Raider. Wall Waiters. Wall Wall Waiters. But here's the thing is that one thing I will say about the dynamics, whether or not the heel face fine, NXT is kind of doing away with that. On a number of places, it's more about competition. And in this particular instance, the War Raiders, you know, they're nominally face, uh, but they can definitely work a little bit more aggressively. Sure. But they're also, they're bruisers. So are the Forgotten Sons. It would have been bruisers against bruisers, uh, all very, very high level workers. But you now you have two flippy guys who can run around the ring against two bruisers who are going to be the strength. It makes more sense in terms of the juxtaposition of the, tam- of the teams. Even though I agreed, I felt like the, the good guy, bad guy dynamic was a little strange. I think in terms of working the actual match, if we're just going to watch a competitive match, it's a, it's a better combination to have two of the best guys in the company when it comes to charisma, high flying, and, and speed against these two lumbering behemoths who can also do big, impressive moves. And, and frankly, who I've seen work with smaller guys and do fantastic work with small guys. Yeah. So We've seen Hanson do moonsaults, for God's sakes. That's what I'm saying. So good Lord. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Hanson Spanish fly. But uh, that's that's kind of what I think. But the question is, is like, do what happens? Like, are Ricochet and Black in the Raw title match? If they win this, are they going to be dual champions? Do they have to lose one? Which one should they lose? That's yeah, why it feels like a waste to me. I mean, you had an opportunity here to take one of your up and coming tag teams in the Forgotten Sons and Jackson Riker as a as a foil out on the uh, ring apron to elevate them a little bit. Yeah. They just won the Dusty Classic. Look at how many... They even said this on commentary. Look at how many teams got started in NXT by winning the Dusty Classic. But I think AOP, that's kind of... AOP, DIY. Uh, yeah, but the it, point... It was a the great point, is, point. These guys are already made guys. But they we don't see in this, this match, they're not on that level yet. They, they're not quite there yet. None they're of the other ones there. were either. I, that's, why, that's why Ricochet and Black were the only ones that, that made sense. I don't think they're quite at that level yet. And, and I don't think any of the other the previous of Dusty Rhodes Classic winners were on that level at that time either. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe were not on that level. Fine. Just saying. So uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. We're we'll a give tag our picks. team either. 
the <laughs> two singles wrestlers again. AOP DIY. Just okay. saying, two singles wrestlers. That's Fine. that's you got to have them win. Uh, so again, we'll see what happens. We'll give our picks next week on how we think that's all going to go down at WrestleMania weekend. Real quick, talking about 205 Live, we had Lucha House Party face off against the team of Umberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, and Sasha Banks, Jack Gallagher. It's just goo. Goo against goo. Goo and ga. Goo and ga. Goo ga. Goo uh, they all faced off. It was a very fun match. Ultimately, Drew Gulak tried to convince Humberto Carrillo not to go to the top ropes, and that caused his demise at the hand of the Lucha House Party. By the way, the Lucha House Party has a really freaking... They had an awesome entrance this week with uh, Kaliso doing a, a back somersault in the ring, uh, backflip somersault in the ring, while the two other guys did uh, moonsaults off the, uh, the, the two uh, turnbuckles. It was pretty awesome. Damn. So I, I mean, they're fantastic. They're so underutilized. But uh, it was a fun match. We also had Aria Davari face off against Cedric Alexander. Cedric got into it with Oni Lorkin, who's officially a 205 Live guy now. He officially signed with 205 Live. So I guess the one-twos are broken up. Ouch. Um, but Aria Davari snuck out the win after Cedric got distracted by Oni Lorkin. We may be heading towards a Cedric Alexander and Oni Lorkin feud. Not mad at it. Yes. I all am day. not mad at it. You know, all three of these guys together. Not mad at it. Uh, Mike Bennett, uh, Canellis. And Akira Tozawa will continue to feud. And it looks like, you know, right now they're saying that Maria Kanellis is having too much influence on the matches. So now Brian Kendrick will be in Tozawa's corner. It's Great. just Ken. Uh, right. Sorry. Sorry. Ken will be in Toe's corner. Uh, Tony Nice also blindsided Buddy Murphy. He made it. it they made him look they, like a beast this week. They're making they're building up Tony Nice to look like an animal like he's in Buddy Murphy's head. I'm liking it. So they, they face off at WrestleMania. Tony Nese versus Buddy Murphy. Look for it on the pre-show, because I'm sure that's where, where it will be. Right. Uh, real quick, New Japan news. New Japan. Lots we of had the, news. We had the, well, we had the finals of the New Japan Cup, and we had just, uh, man, there were, some, there were some average matches, but man, there were some good matches in the Cup this year. Uh, if you just have to watch a couple of matches, go check out Okada Ishii. Go check out Sonata versus Suzuki. Go Naito check out Ibushi Osprey. in the first round. Naito Ibushi. Go check out Osprey versus Okada, where Osprey yes. breaks down crying at the end because Okada's like his big brother and he just can't beat him. Oh, that's it's just great. Long to the long term storytelling with Osprey Okada is just uh, it's it, that is deep within my heart right there. Love it. But the finals the feels. Were, the big time feels there. There was another moment of feels, though. In the finals, Okada and Sonata had an absolutely stunning match. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, if you've been sleeping on Sonata, he showed off why he is potentially the next big thing. If, if WWE doesn't, doesn't pull him away. Uh, they had a, a killer match, but Okada did win, pick up the victory. And then in an emotional moment afterwards, Katsuyori Shibata was, singing ring, was sitting ringside. He was on commentary. And Okada came down and had a moment with him and uh, a very emotional moment with him. Of course, uh, the match with Okada was Shibata's last match. Shibata headbutted Okada so hard. He gave himself a brain aneurysm and almost killed himself and uh, almost died shortly after the match. And the fact that he's alive now is a miracle. The fact that he's walking and moving is a miracle, has minor brain damage. Uh, and that's it. It's, it's incredible. But uh, they asked him afterwards if Shibata had anything to say to, uh, to Okada, and Shibata said, if I had anything to say to Oba Okada, it would be that I am alive, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So, yeah, big moment right there. Meltzer did give it five stars, by the way. Just checked. Oh, the Sonata-Okada match? Yep. Really? Yep. I don't know if it was five stars, but it was sure four and a half, four, seven, five, for sure. 
Um, I don't know if I had the story build for five stars. Anyway, uh, but we also New Japan News. They're ta- they're teaming up with Ring of Honor over WrestleMania weekend. We have actually a lot of wrestling to talk about at WrestleMania weekend and not a lot of time on the show. So I think most of this is going to get shunted off to next week, Nick. And we're, we're going to have just a huge WrestleMania preview blowout extravaganza yes. next week uh, where we discuss all of that. But real quick, the big show on the weekend of WrestleMania that's not WWE is New Japan and Ring of Honor teaming up for what's called the G1 Supercard on Saturday the 6th going up against TakeOver which is ballsy. There's going to be a lot of good wrestling in one night. You've got matches like Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb for the uniting of the Never Open Weight and Ring of Honor TV belt. Dalton Castle is going to have a match against Rush, which has no build. I don't know why it's on the card. It's the one I'm curious <laughs> about. Uh, Mayu Iwatani is going to have her third match against Kelly Klein. Oh. May- maybe, because apparently, because they just had a match and it was awful. And in explaining why the match was bad, apparently... Mayu gave a stiff shot to Kelly Klein, who gave her, Mayu a receipt in the face, and it broke down from there. And they just were not able to work well together, and they had to be separated backstage. Oh my this god! All legit, by the way, not kayfabe. So, uh, yeah, and and there's like there's the, some of the trainers were talking crap about Kelly Klein, how she's a bad worker. Like it's 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 getting weird between those two. So we'll see if that match actually goes on. I'm um, a big Kelly fan. That's news to me. Yeah. So well, it's. You know, it's people taking sides, essentially. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, hopefully that will go on. And it sounded like cooler heads ended up prevailing. But, you know, uh, we're going to have the Bully Ray Open Challenge New York Street Fight. Originally, he was scheduled to face off against Flip Gordon, but Flip got injured again. So we don't know who he's facing. Uh, rumor has it it may be a man who's in town and doesn't isn't booked for anything at that time. And that's one Minoru Suzuki oh. is being rumored. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh. I, I am erect. Uh, also, in a New York street fight. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dragon Lee is facing off against Bandito and Taiji Ishimori for the New Japan Junior Heavyweight Championship. Gorillas of Destiny uh, versus Villain Enterprises versus the, the Los Ingobernables de Japón, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoes to uh, see who's going to get both the Ring of Honor and IWGP heavyweight tag belts. Good Lord. Good Lord. Zack Sabre Jr. is facing off against Hiroshi Tanahashi for the, for the Rev Pro heavyweight belt. Naito and Ibushi are, he- are going to face each other for the New Japan Intercontinental belt. Marty Skrull, Matt Tavin, and Jay Lethal are having a ladder match for the Ring of Honor heavyweight belt. And Jay White and Kazuchika Okada are finally figuring out this whole thing, that they, this issue that they've had for months when they face off for the IWGP heavyweight belt. Good Lord. Good Lord, that's a card. I don't know what I'm going to watch Saturday night. <laughs> like, look at that. That is a card. WrestleMania what? They are, man, apparently they're making up for the for their trip over here in well, January, February, where, where no one could get the visas, they're making up for it. Holy My God! Uh, real quick, as I mentioned, Flip Gordon did re-injure his knee. Uh, he just he just got off of an MCL tear that he had on January 13th. He just healed up, and apparently it seized up on him. He has a bucket handle meniscus tear. That's He's exactly out what I had. Four to six months. What I can tell you is that uh, that's a bucket handle tear is uh, you're off weight, which means you're off your leg for at least six weeks, if not eight weeks. Uh, and you're you're not doing anything athletic for six months easily. God, poor guy. Um, there's also uh, Rev Pro is having a show that weekend. Tanahashi and Osprey teaming up against Suzuki and Saber Junior. Good God! There's so much wrestling we can go over for that, Nick. But we have to keep moving. We have a lot more to get to. 
Um, we'll, we'll get to all of that next week when we were a lot more focused on WrestleMania weekend and everything going on there and telling yes. you about all the crazy, crazy stuff going on in New York that week, uh, including Worlds Collide, where NXT stars faced off against NXT alumni, Cruiserweights, NXT UK, all that's happening at WWE Access. Drew Gulak challenged Chad Gable. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, good stuff. But Nick, <laughs> we got to move on and get to some listener questions, yes. please, sir. Yes. yes. First of all, thank you guys for being amazing patrons and asking awesome listener questions every week. If you'd like to get yours in, patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier or higher. You can ask us questions every week for just 5 bucks a month. Starting things off this week with Eric. Do you think the last-minute women's title change was the fallout from the Kofi storyline? Hmm, no. I need to process that one. Since it was last minute and had to be rushed, so they just ran out of time to properly build a SmackDown women's program. If you can't build two programs at once, why are you even in the business? Yeah. That would be my response to that. No, I don't think it's a fallout from the Kofi storyline. I think it's 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 literally they did they just did not know what they were doing with the women's division. They They tried something. They tried to push Mandy. She didn't click. And then they were left with nothing. They booked themselves into a corner. And yeah, then they had out, it. And then they to get out of up. it, they had to crash the car. It could have been Charlotte Oscar 2.0. They had it. it they it had just, a lot of they, options. But they had to go put it in the... the because Charlotte's got to be in this, the main event. She's they sacrificed be the Roman both, Reigns. They sacrificed both divisions for one main event. Um, yep. they, they took the, you know, when they initially split it up, it was Becky and Charlotte on SmackDown. And they took the two top women out of, out of that division... And Oscar was left trying to hold the ship on her own. They had no one else for her, so they basically just cut her hamstrings, and were like, "Cool, screw the screw the women's division. We're just going for this one main event." <sighs> so, no, nothing to do with Kofi. Uh-huh, I'm fired totally, up again. I'm damn totally. I know. Now I'm <laughs> damn it, Eric. Too. But nothing to do with Kofi. No. <laughs> Great question, Eric. Thank you very much. Ed has the next question. Seth's answering prayers line gave me chills. If he wins the title, will that moment be as big, bigger, or smaller than when he cashed in his money in the bank contract? I, uh, you know, it's funny because I don't even remember that line. I don't either. <laughs> I remember it being a good promo, but I nothing stood out uh, that much to me. It, maybe, you know, it, it, I think it's one of those ones where they'll, they'll have to put it in a package or a uh, one of the pieces leading up to WrestleMania for it to resonate with people. If it's just a one-off on raw, it will fall by the wayside because there's so much content and that people won't keep up on. Um, and something like that would have had to have gone mimetic by now for me to believe that without it being in the promo package for the match, that it would, uh, that it would last. It would stand the test of time, like him waving the, the belt at WrestleMania 31, um, which you were at, which I was at, I was at, so I, was I, a, I'll say that I was a sustained I, pop. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I I have no greater memory of recent. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I misheard. I misheard Ed's question. Excuse me. If he wins the title at this WrestleMania, not the oh, line. Oh, if he wins, I the misread title. the question. Yes. If he Will, wins the title, yeah. would the title moment be as big, bigger, or smaller than when he cashed in? I see. Um, it depends because here's the thing. He won. Uh, sorry about that. All right, we're figuring this out. Um, <laughs> we. Uh, so Seth Rollins beating Brock, winning the title, and standing tall will not close WrestleMania. Seth stealing the win at WrestleMania 31 closed that show. That will be bigger. Him stealing the victory at WrestleMania 31 will always be bigger. That is an iconic moment. The camera was perfect. The lighting was perfect. The set was perfect. Everything was perfect. That shot him, of that, uh, that undershot of him at the top of the ramp holding up the belt in his other mm-hmm. hand and his music jamming. Yep. And they, that music played for a long time. Yep. 
<laughs> but uh, that will be a bigger moment because this will not close out WrestleMania if he beats Brock. If he beats Brock, which I think is a big if, to be honest with you. I think it's a big if, too. I think it will be, rather than it being bigger, because I don't think you can, I think that is the greatest cash-in in Money in the Bank history. Agreed. Uh, I think it is his biggest moment of his career. I don't Agreed. know if he can top it. Um, but I that, think that and the as, shield betrayal, that and the shield betrayal, two true. biggest Seth Rollins moments. So I don't know if him winning the title will be more significant for him or more significant for us as fans because of the exhale that will happen because we will be past Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I, I, that's what will be significant to me because it's all we wanted. It's all we wanted last year. Yeah, but dear God, whoever it is, get that title off of Brock Lesnar. End this. End it, please. And then, uh, then we had. It, now we've had it for another year. Here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are again. Brock Lesnar's still got the damn universal title. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> please God. take it off of Brock Lesnar for fuck's sakes. Come on, Brock. <laughs> You've got enough money. Get some dental work. Uh, no, I, I, like I said, I don't think it, this will be bigger than Seth's moment at WrestleMania 31. At the most, it will be as big because that is such an iconic moment. Yeah. Um, and we now know it's not going to close the show. Like, but it's said. not going to close the show. So I, I don't think it could ever be bigger. So, yeah. Next up, thank you, uh, Ed, for the question. Next up, Trevor asked us with all the possible feel-good storylines going into WrestleMania. Are there a lot of feel-good storylines going on? Oh, potentially. <laughs> I think which, what he's saying is potentially. Potentially. Which heels do you think come out on top and ruin that moment? Ooh, I think that they will burn down New York if Kofi doesn't win, but he might not win. Um, I think yep. the most likely loss is Seth. I think Brock might retain, yep. uh, not, especially now that Roman's back so quickly. I think if both Kofi and Becky, I think here's the thing. Seth is the most vulnerable. You can't have both Kofi and Becky lose, but I don't know if you can have them both win. Um, Becky, I think, is the least likely of the three to lose based on how they've booked everything. Disagree. Throwing, throwing the title on Charlotte and not having a title on Becky makes me believe that she, there's no way Becky can lose. Right. 100%. That's, that, to me, showed their hand way too much. Another reason I freaking hate that booking. Yep. Freaking hate that booking. They, they so, gave it away. Big, big time. I think Randy could possibly beat AJ. Um, I think that Kurt could lose his match and Corbin could walk out the winner if it is Corbin. If it's Manfin, Manfin might lose to Lashley, but I just, I, if it's a demon, Finn is absolutely going over. Demon's not losing to Lashley at WrestleMania. Um, and I think that, I, I think that the, um, the Sasha and Bailey are a lock to win as well. I don't think that the heels are winning that one. Yeah. So I, I think I think the um, I also think Shane could win. I think Shane could beat Miz. Um, I could see that being a possibility. Getting getting some heat to have him propelled forward as a heel. He could sweat on him. Um, he will sweat on him. There will be sweat. Lots and lots of sweat. I think that Joe could also retain the U.S. title. In fact, I'm nearly sure. I mean, we're giving our picks next week. I don't want to get all my picks now, but I think Joe could retain. Very likely will retain. So yeah. yes, with all the f possible feel-good storylines, I think quite a few of them could end with heels winning. That's I haven't completely possible. gotten my head around it yet, um, but after this week, I'm all but convinced in my gut. One of my crazy things that I, that I typically do on these is I, I, 
I don't know if it's going to go as far as a heel turn, but we might be turning Asuka here. I think Asuka is going to come in and be the one that prevents Charlotte from winning and giving, you know, basically let allowing Becky to go on and take that Raw Women's Championship. I and swear I, to I, God, if within six months Asuka is Demon Kana bleeding from the eyes, I will forgive them for this. A hundred percent. I will. I will forget that this ever happened. I'll be like, but we got Demon Kana. Yes. So. I, I. I think there. I don't think we've seen the last of Oscar. But yes, oh, no. I, we have, I we certainly have. That's my one crazy pick right now. Thanks, Trevor, for the great question. That's a. That's a really good one. We could talk about for an hour. <laughs> uh, next up, and finally, Jacob uh, chimed in with, "What are they going to do with both of the tag titles at Mania? There seems to be no opponents lined up for either one or either set." Will they further destroy the tag division by leaving <laughs> them out of Mania, or will we get a thrown together match? Ian, thrown together match. Thrown together, together match. match. Thrown together match. Uh, did, the Usos don't they have opponents for WrestleMania? Didn't somebody win a, something recently? This this shows how much they make me care about their tag divisions. By the way, um, I, I think that you may see the revival versus Aleister Black and uh, pre-show and yeah and and Ricochet, but. Um, that could easily as well be Gable and Rude versus Rick versus um, uh, versus the revival again, or it could be a three way. Yeah, as I think it'll be as, a triple threat. Honestly, as far as SmackDown, I have a feeling that New Day won't pull double duty. No, I said duty. Um, but I I don't I don't know who else is in line for the. I remember the Usos saying that takes on they take on anybody. Uh, at one point, they made like a promo on the stairs saying we'll take on anybody. So there may be two multiple threat matches. It's going to be thrown together, but just answer the question simply. Yeah. It's going to get, we'll it's, find out Tuesday. It's going to, they don't, the fact they don't have anything lined up right now means it's getting thrown together. Yeah. Well, we refer back to what I just said about a company not being able to juggle multiple storylines at once. Yep. So, so. Who, who knows? Well, we'll, we'll probably find out next week. But um, to thank be you guys, everyone, for your questions. We very much appreciate it. And if you are not a member of our Patreon and you want to ask a question, go sign up, patreon.com forward slash BWO, and ask your questions as well. And join in on the fun. Yes. Well, Ian, we're almost home. We've got to land the plane. But before okay. we get out of here, we've got, got to do our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, man, and there's some really big stuff this week, too. The Hart Foundation is the newest addition to this year's Hall of Fame class. What? Yep. Why wasn't yep. this in the big news? Uh, I didn't have time. We, didn't, we had so much other big news. <laughs> it's bigger news. This is pretty big, too. But so was, hey, man, you know what? So was uh, uh, Booker T. Uh, the, uh, sorry, uh, Harlem, Harlem Heat, Heat getting in. That was also in the other news segment. Like that's just that's just how the show is oh, working. God. It's WrestleMania season, Nick. It's WrestleMania season. Everything's important. Hart Foundation going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Owen is not involved. His wife is still keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, uh, unfortunately. But there's always a chance that you could have Brett go in as a three-time Hall of Famer with. Uh, oh, sorry, excuse me. Needhart going as a two-timer and Owen go in as a as a one and or two-timer with a new foundation or something the like new that. New foundation. So, yeah. Yep. So, uh, but no, Heart Foundation, definitely worthwhile. I wonder if they're going in just because uh, uh, Jim passed away this year yeah. or, or what the idea was or if it's another jab at, at Owen's wife. But uh, also, another news, Goldust's contract has officially expired. He's uh, Dustin Runnels, a.k.a. Dustin Rhodes, has let his contract expire, meaning that his 90 days no-compete clause ends in May. Like Gold early, early middle of May. Um, I don't know. You know, there's another guy whose last name is Rhodes who happens to not have an opponent at double or nothing 
who might find that information very interesting indeed. So yes, Nick, go dust to AEW. You heard it here. That's, I think that's actually very likely. I think him have, yeah. having a match with Cody and finally having the, them have a match, which got scuttled by the WWE because of just crap booking and audience uh, disinterest because of crap booking. Uh, I think that could absolutely happen at Double or Nothing. And I think it would be absolutely lights out. Or just how cool would it be for the Rhodes brothers, you know, in the shadow of their father, going and starting their own wrestling promotion, dude? Just, and it would, uh, oh god, it would rip at my heart. It would, I would be love amazing. That so much. I would love it if if Dustin ended up over in AEW. Yeah. I think that'd be fan. Even just his brain, you know what I mean? Even if he's just there helping them book and do creative and occasionally do a match, because the dude can still work. Yeah. Uh, other news: Bray Wyatt, as we know, uh, left his wife for ring announcer JoJo. Well, they're apparently now expecting their first baby. Uh, JoJo has posted on Instagram uh, a nice little pregnant picture of herself saying that she is due in June and they will name the kid Nash, spelled with a K. K K-N-A-S-H. So apparently the kid's going to be born with a gimmick. All right. Nash Wyatt. Nash. Nash, Well, Well, I guess they're not married. No, it's Well, yeah. Take the father's name at that point. I don't know. Um, and his real name isn't Wyatt, by the way. I know. I know. Just saying. It's why. You said, you it's said why. Gimmick. Why? Joan Jett will be playing Ronda Rousey to the ring at WrestleMania. In, this is strictly badass news. This is, this is awesome. You know, she will be playing Bad Reputation, her song, uh, for Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. That's going to be a badass entrance right there. I am psyched about that. I love it when they have real bands playing people to the ring at WrestleMania. Cough, cough. Triple H, cough, cough. The man who who made that a thing. Well, no, it's actually that came out way before him. But he's the one who I always stick in my mind is having people play him to the ring. Yep. Um, Noam Dar and possibly Mark Andrews got injured over on NXT UK. Uh, Mark Andrews tried to give Noam Dar a reverse Rana. The timing was off. Mark Andrews fell on Noam Dar's leg and messed up his neck. Noam Dar just came back from injury. We don't know how long he'll be out. They have not announced what his actual injury is, but it looked it looked bad. It looked bad for both of them, so get well soon to both of them. Uh, El Hijo de Fantasma, also known as King Cuerno, Joey Ryan, Ivalice, and Thunder Rosa have all officially been released from their Lucha Underground contracts. Good for them. They were fighting to get uh, released from, 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 those, from those contracts they had that were keeping them from working at all while they were still under contract to Lucha Underground, even though Lucha Underground only films once every few years. So now they can officially appear on TV and other places without having to get Lucha Underground's permission to do so. So congratulations to them for getting out from under that bullcrap contract. Uh, as we mentioned, let's see. There is a lot of uh, stuff going on WrestleMania weekend, but one thing that will not be going on is a match with Pac. Uh, he will not be at WrestleCon or any matches this, this year because of visa issues. He, was not, he will not be able to make it to the U.S., uh, I know that they've got a couple of people filling in for him a couple of places. We'll talk about that next week. I don't have time to get into it right now, but it's too bad if you're looking forward to seeing Pac. He will not be there. WrestleMania weekend. Conor McGregor retired this week from MMA. He also is facing sexual assault charges in Ireland. Good week for Conor. Is. Good week for Conor McGregor. He's a stud. Uh, and also Rob Gronkowski retired from football after 10 years with the Patriots. About 10 years, 10, 11 years. Um, this is relevant to a wrestling show because WWE has expressed interest in both of them. Rob Gronkowski, of course, has appeared on WrestleMania uh, programming. He, he helped out his boy 
at Mojo, WrestleMania. Mojo Raleigh defeat Jinder Mahal in the armbar to win. And he's expressed interest in WWE before. Stephanie also tweeted at him. The door is open. Gronkowski also still pretty young. Uh, he's a giant tank of a human being. And Conor McGregor obviously is one of the greatest shit talkers in the world. We could be seeing either one of them get involved in WWE, depending on what they want to do now that they're both retired. And finally, finally, in bizarre news, uh, superstar Billy Graham. Remember him? Well, he tweeted out today that he hates the main event of WrestleMania. He can't stand it. In fact, he talked all kinds of like really big, long speech about how crap it was. Not the women's match. Oh, no. Oh, oh, uh, not in Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. No, no, no. He hates Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. That's the one he decided to pick on. Uh, I know we have to get out of here, but I have to read this because it's, it's, this is bizarre. Uh, he said that uh, uh, you, not me, will have a 145-pound WWE champion. This must have been an idea by the new senior creative lady, Dana Warrior. Meltzer says she's been promoted to an extremely high position on the creative team and attends meetings that only Vince H. and Stephanie are in. Damn, how did she get so smart? Ouch. He then also goes on to say that uh, Raw's steady decline in TV viewership might be a result of the fact that they're, uh, they're having these scrawny 145-pound guys like Kofi uh, put on the WWE belt. He says, uh, I would love to see Kofi at 145 pounds put on his, his newly won WWE belt on the line against Brock Lesnar. Great logistics. One man being outweighed by a good 130 pounds. A total joke. This thing is. Oh, superstar Billy Graham, you crabby old bastard. You remember when you were losing back in the day uh, that, to, to small little guys? That was, that, was, that was fun days. Remember when he was relevant before he got his gimmick stolen by Hulk Hogan, who actually ran with it and made a, made a career out of it? I, no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Remember when he was a, a, a really big guy and, and yet now he's got no knees, no hips. He's uh, five inches shorter and he's missing half of his internal organs because of uh, and he can't get a, 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 an erection because of all the stuff he, put, he, he took to be that size. What a moron. Sorry, I, that, that, that tweet pissed me off. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> well, that's me. our show this week, guys. <laughs> uh, can I, I, do you want to you call Bob Backlund? I wanna, how much does Bob Backlund weigh? Because Billy, right, exactly. Billy, Billy Graham laid down for him. Ladies and gentlemen, I started and ended the show with a rant this week. Uh, I promise I will not be so bitchy next week. Oscar's got me all twisted up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's feeling emotional. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's WrestleMania season. I'm on edge, man. I'm oh, on edge. Guys, be sure you are in the Facebook discussion group over at Facebook.com. Send us a join request. You do not want to miss a lot of the festivities that are about to happen over the course of the next two to three weeks. I promise you. I'm going to talk myself a into time. a shoot again and again yeah. and again. Ian's, Ian's working himself into a shoot. Sir Ian Dangerous to AEW. Oh, sir. He's asked for his release. Oh, man. Sir Ian Dangerous to the mental hospital if this keeps up. I tell you. Oh, God. Uh, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, as well as come over to YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Hit that subscribe button with the little alert bell so you get notified anytime we put up some new content. Uh, last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. We hope you guys are enjoying us playing catch-up on all of the new bonus content. Got lots more coming your way with some great ideas. If you have any ideas... Especially if my, computer you- stops, if my computer stops eating them, that would be great yeah. too. Well, just one. Just one uh. so far. Uh, if you guys have some suggestions for things you'd like to hear us cover, we are always open to those. Ooh, uh, yeah. Send us a message on Facebook, email BWO at orbitaljigsaw.com, all kinds of ways to get in touch with us, or send us a tweet at BWO Podcast. Anywhere is fine. 
But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.